This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is more mobile than Olivier Giroud. Uh, now, ultimately, a very frustrating afternoon for Chelsea supporters with a curmudgeonly 1-0 defeat to the Beasts from the East, a.k.a. West Ham. Uh, this frustration perhaps explains the poor atmosphere, but also the fact that this season we've been somewhat spoilt with a much higher number of wins than most of us thought possible. Although it should be noted that Chelsea have found it much harder at home, so maybe this adds to the frustration. As ever, Frank Lampard nailed it post-match in identifying that Chelsea were below par, and this gives us all a reality check. Don't believe the hype. Don't get carried away. And of course, the reality is that we lack squad depth and have exceeded expectations thus far. Oh, and add in a bit of fatigue with a difficult European away match in midweek. But maybe Frank is not beyond reproach with the puzzling selection of Giroud up front and an extensive rotation, and then rather than replacing Giroud with Batshuayi, playing Pulisic as a false number nine. Whatever the perceived reality, there was no denying that Chelsea could have played all week and not scored against a resolute West Ham, who well and truly brought an iron curtain down on Saturday's proceedings. The Chelsea fancast number 483, Iron Curtain. With... With pleasure, clever, clever. Your titles are so clever. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Mr. Jonathan. I was just saying to Jonathan off air, by welcome, by the way, Jonathan. I was just saying to Jonathan off air that I, 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 um, I had a, I, I basically watched the documentary of him talking about his dad, the actor Sam Kidd. Uh, which I recorded on Saturday. It was absolutely fucking superb, mate. I really, I, I warmly applaud you. You were brilliant, mate. You're wasted on this show. I didn't realise you were so talented. <laughs> Cheers, we've got something to tell you. What? I'm, uh, uh, that's the end of it. Bye, oh, okay. bye, everybody. Well, I did see, oh. I did see Andy Saunders last night at Paul Cannibal's Black and Blue Do, and yes. I, I did say I, I'm, I'm prepared to sell him back to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he posted he was on there. Right? He said, "What a wonderful evening it yeah, was." It was was good. it a great evening, Cheers? Cracking yeah. evening. 
I'm a bit tired today as a result, but it was really, really good. Now, um, we have uh, a guest that everybody in Mixler knows is... In fact, they knew he was here before I did, because I got the wrong number. But there you go. Tony Glover! Good evening, good evening, good evening. How you doing? I'm all right, well, mate. When I saw you on Saturday, you look, you look, you were looking hale and hearty. I think I believe the phrase is. Well, do you know hale what? Do you know what? I mean, I'll talk about this a bit later, probably. But the astonishing thing on Saturday, uh, when you consider how many visitors we had from overseas to play with, do you know what? I only had one flaming pint mm. all day. Can you believe yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, it was it was quite subdued in the pub, really, compared to what it has been. But I think you know it was it was pretty bitter cold, and I think a few people were actually thinking, "Yeah, I want to get to the game now," and and um, what have you. But uh, yeah, it was it was good to see so many people. As it well, was, wasn't it? it was. Well, I should be name I should be name checking them later. Have no fear about that. Now on the show tonight, we're going to ask whether the team selection was flawed or whether the profligacy. God, blimey, easy for me to say. I'll try that again. Whether the profligacy up front was more of an issue. In part two, uh, we look at some of the individual performances and ask why Chelsea can't convert their chances, put in a tackle worthy of a foul or come back from behind. And we discuss whether the defeat to West Ham was in fact the reality check we all needed. Uh, We also look at last weekend's Who Knows Wins Match Predictions League and reveal who the somewhat surprising winner was. Ooh... And in part three, we read out this week's emails, of which there are plenty, of course, as there always are. And in part four, we have a look ahead to Wednesday night. That would be tomorrow night's home match against another Clariton Blue team, Aston Villa. And the return of John Terry. Fantastic. Now, don't forget, uh, you can listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock, apart from when it's not on a Monday, like tonight, (laughs) when it's on a Tuesday. And in fact, it's at half past seven, not seven. But there are good reasons for that, which I will bore you with later. Anyway, just go to Mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. Uh, and of course, of the, that's like, not as many people as normal, but understandable as I can confuse every. I mean, I, I, do you know what, Tony? I wonder if people ever bloody listen to this show. I mean, I said last week it will be on Tuesday at half seven, and still they turned up in Mixer last night. I gotta say, I love your loyalty and persistent, and particularly Claire, who, as she says on Mixler, has been sitting in Mixler for twenty four and a half hours. <laughs> I bet you've yeah, got a sore yeah, bum, Claire. That's all I can yeah. say. Anyway, good stuff. So many of you in there. She don't come. Drink vodka. Kurt, Planet Earth is Blue. Brett Rutherford. <coughs> Claire, of course, as I said. Loads of people and many, many more. Uh, and uh, lovely to have you all here. Now, of course, um, you can always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast uh, whenever you like to talk about whatever you like. It's that simple. Now, after this very short interview, we'll be talking about the Chelsea West Ham match. Right. Um, all very curious. I mean, we were in the in the cock at the time the team came out, weren't we, Tony? And, we were. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, the it, selection perplexed me because I, I had been on Love Sport Radio at about half 12, you know, talking about what I thought might happen in the game. And I was adamant, adamant, I tell you, adamant uh, that uh, 
Giroud uh, would not start, and it would be Batshuayi. Yeah. Uh, and that uh, James and Aspie would be starting, and I got it complete. And that Kante would be playing. I got it completely wrong. I mean, just to recap on who he started with: uh, Kepa, James, Zuma, Tomori, Emerson, Kovacic, Jorginho, Mount, Pedro. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, Giroud and Pulisic. But Tony, we 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 were perplexed, weren't we, mate? I mean, there's no other word for it. I think so. I think my from my perspective was. Frank had been bigging up all week about, you know, it's a squad game. They're all ready, you know, that he has the whole squad to choose from and all this. Um, and I, I, I think he I think he threw the dice and lost. I think it's as simple as that. I think that you know, may be reflected in some managerial naivety. Um, and, and, and I think he'll have probably learned from that, that those two players. But Pedro, less Pedro, I think. He, he still runs around like Dill with a dog. Um, trying to make things happen, albeit you know rather ineffectively, I think on Saturday. But with Giroud, I think you know that that sort of player, and this is playing every week, is going to be off the pace. Um, the best chance he had was you know a couple of inches away from his head. You know, maybe you know if he'd had a few more games, he would have got on the end of that. He's he's still for me, my money, one of the best headers in the game, certainly, you know, in, in the, in the area. Um, and I just think, yeah, it was, there was a little bit more, I think it was, you, you, you're going to talk about it later on, but I was slightly more perplexed about the fact that, um, you know, when Giroud went off, Batshuayi didn't come on. I think he would have offered us more mobility, more speed and would have worried the, um, the, well, well, I would say by that point, probably the fairly relaxed West Ham defenders, um, a little bit more, you know, on, on their plate as it were, but yeah, it was a bit perplexing, but I'm, firmly on the side of um, this is a very very much a work in progress very much a development our manager is going to make mistakes the players are going to learn a lot about European midweek games uh, and then following it up with a local rough and tumble London derby against a team that are desperate after six games without a win to get you know to get back on uh, onto what they believe is probably a, a you know a better course for them um, so you know it, I wasn't totally surprised when we come to talk about the end result but, yeah. yeah Jonathan I mean I, I was convinced about you I would, would would start so I mean I, I I'm just I mean either either Tony's got a point which he frequently does have which was Frank really needed to see if he could get anything out of uh of Giroud and Pedro or does it do you think say something about what Frank thinks about you I well he he was uh let's be honest he was poor during the week wasn't poor he? Poor, poor. poor. He was very poor during the week. During the week, he, uh, offside um, three times, and um, uh, he only got one of his shots in, which is the deflected one that the goalkeeper saved wonderfully against Valencia. But um, he didn't look, he didn't look very sharp. And uh, uh, I, we don't know what Frank's like really in these instances. Does he? Does he go in for punishment? Does he go in for thinking? Well, you didn't do it for me during the week, so I'm going to give somebody else a go. Does um, I don't. I don't see him like that. Works? But then no, I don't. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was peculiar, though, wasn't it? That the that the bat didn't come on. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Shuru was absolutely atrocious. He was. I mean, really, it was. It was. I mean, it, it was. It was as bad as uh, as we said in our little yeah. bit of uh, video. Um, uh, he was as I think you said it. You said he out higwained higwain, yeah. which I think was, uh, was really something difficult to do, but. Um, uh, he just seemed the ball just seemed to hit him, and he just uh, various parts of his body. It was he, 
it, it was so peculiar. It was. Um, he, I, I, he, yeah. he, he was he was offside a few times and basically just sort of sauntered back. He did, know. didn't he? Uh, yeah. and, uh, do you know, Jonathan? I I, I actually wondered, uh, and I may be a bit cruel um, in this, but I just I did wonder, you know, sort of halfway through the first half, whether or not he was a man who knew that he's going in January, knows where he's going. Um, he doesn't strike me as that sort of player, but you know, I had, I'd been given some. If you like a little bit of inside information from somebody who was um, uh, who did some photo shoots for the players there, and he said that um, you know when this happened, Giroud's attitude was very similar to that of Louise, in that he was um, you know um, unbothered by being there, and I, so I, it, it, you know that's that's why I'm, I'm referring to kind of naivety on Frank's part. You know, as any young coach will make those mistakes, but I think maybe I just wonder you know whether. Whether he had the wool pulled over his eyes a little bit by Giroud, I don't know. I'll tell you but what, was... mate. You know, Giroud, he, he, he looked like a player, like well, he looked like a horse that knows it's going to the knacker's yard. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, you wonder if, he, if, if as the rumours are, he's off in January. There's a, every chance they think there's a Roma. He's or off to the glue to... factory, mate. Or, or pos- yeah, but, you know, you wonder whether or not there was any need to put himself in on display. I, I, I don't believe he's unprofessional enough not to put a performance in. But if you if you are, you know, you're not the fastest player in the world anyway. You've not really played any more than about two games. I think it's maybe three this season, three appearances or whatever all season. And, and I think if you're that sort of player at his sort of age as well, you're you're not going to get to your match fitness that pace without games. And I think it was, you know, like I said, I just think it was a bit of an unnecessary. Yeah, you know, I think Frank threw the dice on him. Less so Pedro. I think I think he's, you know, Pedro either is like that or he isn't. But we should really, it was, it's uncharacteristic of him when you see what he did for us last season, especially in, in the Europa League. Um, but I just wonder whether there was a little bit of, you know, if you feel unwitting testimony that he's off there. There you go. I'm with you. Did he last year? Giroud didn't cope in the Premier League last year. The, his his world of um, uh, of plenty was uh, was in the Europa League, where he scored yeah. goals, yeah. wasn't it? And where he will always be remembered for a completely wonderful header in the final was completely. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, he was always struggling in the Premier League. Whether he was just marked more competently, um, I mean, the number of. of games that we saw where they seem to be so inadequate in the Europa League. Yeah. Perhaps he's, that's his level now. And yet yeah. he's been scoring for France. So uh, yeah. uh, you know, they, they've set him up better for France. I don't know. He just looks so off the pace. I honestly don't think he was doing it deliberately. No, I just, and that, that's why I said it was uncharacteristic. I, I thought it was uncharacteristic of him, JK. I, I really yeah. did. I thought, you know, that, um, you know, there are any number of reasons. And I think it was... Um, you know, I think it's probably more mystifying that, as you said, at half time when we came back from having a pint, fully expecting to see Batshuayi on, um, Giroud was still there. You know, yeah. and I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that in it that in itself was odd. I mean, look, my my reason for thinking that Giroud, because I like Giroud, you know, and I, like you said, I thought last year he was brilliant in the Europa League, and you know, he may be immobile, but he's got a wonderful touch and he knows how to score. Yeah. Uh, but my my feeling was not based on any kind of hatred or opprobrium about Giroud. I just felt that he absolutely it, it does not fit in with the way that Frank wants to play. And that's why I thought he wouldn't play. And that's why I thought Batshuayi would. So I was perplexed for that. Maybe maybe Frank was just trying to, as you say, rolling the dice and, and, and lost. But you know, maybe he was just trying to see what he could get out of the squad as a whole, knowing that he won't get any more additions to it 
in January. But that all said, what I mean, and this is what I mean, you know, look, I love Frank. I mean, you know, if if, if I was, uh, you know, 20 years younger, I'd marry him. But, <laughs> but he is not, he is not beyond reproach. And I have to say, I was incredibly disappointed that he brought on Hudson Odoi for Giroud and not Batshuayi and played Pulisic as a false number nine, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, the hell? I mean, come on, that's Sari esque, mate. I mean, we'll talk about that later, maybe. But no, I, mean, I just thought it was the wrong nice. thing to do. I mean, it, can I just read you what he said? Actually, just to kind of put this in a bit of context and yeah. and, and uh, the case for the defence. In fact, Jonathan. Uh, apparently, Lampard said that he went with a false nine in the second half because he felt West Ham were handling their crosses pretty well. And he wanted another player who would commit defenders in Hudson Odoi. Well, I understand that, but you, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, said I, that though. Then why did he bring William on? Who all William did was just to centre the ball repeatedly and uh, find the yeah, first man. Yeah, of what he gets and hit the first man. But that dreadful moment at the end of the game that when was, we had the, had the that corner. That was awful. That oh, was awful. That, that was. Oh, that was well, so dire, Jonathan, wasn't it? Uh, I was nearly looking over to where you sit and thinking, I bet he's thinking exactly what I am there. We, we, we were a... tuned in, weren't we? Yes. I, mean, I have to say, even, you know, the, even the other corners we took that Mount took were just so... This b- bizarre ballooning um, kick to the far post, which is so easy to deal with if you're defending, was also similarly just uh, unintelligible. I didn't get what was going on at all with that. And immediately they took two corners... It would, um, the first one, Kepa had to save really well uh, from a header. And the second one was bulleted in. You think, surely the driven corner into the penalty area, accurately, is always going to p- present a problem for the, for the opposition. What are we doing? What are we doing with set pieces? Are they practising them? It was absolutely terrible. I mean, having said that, we, we, that we shot ourselves in the foot by being the usual thing that I keep going on about. We were excellent for 20 minutes. We were yeah. all over. And we once again could not score. If we'd scored, put the ball away because yeah. of the dominance, that would have been the end of it. To- we would totally have, right. They would, have just, they would have fallen apart. Jonathan, so I think, totally right. No, mate, yeah, I, I totally you. agree with you. I mean, I, mean I, I think that does speak of this profligacy. And I, I'm not sure... Uh, there's a couple of stats that uh, I've dug out, which, which, I mean, this is not just this match that that it's been a problem but I mean in in the match Chelsea had 19 shots but failed to score as Jonathan so rightly is saying that's their most in a league match at Stamford Bridge without finding the net since January 2018 against Bournemouth when we we had 21 I think we lost that as well didn't we Um, and uh, I think this has been an issue all season this is a stat that I found uh, before the show on Friday I don't know if anybody picked it up but Opta Statistics rank Chelsea only 17th among Premier League clubs on conversion rate of big chances. So I'm I'm presuming kind of shots on goal, really. So I yeah. mean that that speaks volumes, doesn't it, Tony? It does. And if you if you actually look back, um, Frank actually said that last week. He actually said that in one of his um uh, one of his interviews. He said that he's aware that our conversion, uh, you know, is is not good. Now, you know, we have. Um, Sammy Abrams and, and Batchway. I mean, I, I will always go back to this. Just occasionally, wouldn't it be nice to see two strikers on the pitch, you know, giving problems? You know, when we used to have the days of Anelka and Drogba, Anelka, albeit a kind of had stepped back from the main striker, but he, he, he instinctively knew where to put that ball in for Drogba and vice versa. And I think that there is this... I think we're probably still a little bit of a hangover from, you know, this this idea that we must 
play this wonderfully attractive football and every goal has got to be a piece of work a piece of art you know so it's, you know that, that someone can sit at the side of the pitch and paint this picture of when it doesn't actually sometimes I just want it to go in off someone's ass I don't really care um <laughs> and there was a, there was but you going back but the fact is Pudisic had um a yeah, couple of chances totally. where he 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 just took one it, the one where he skinned the West Ham back I don't know who it was twice and then decided to try for a third time. Yes, yes, yes. I yes, think you must remember. You know, you were like, well, what, you you had the opportunity to test the keeper. The, you, the keeper might save it, but it might bounce off his knee. It might. But, but also, know, this I, is other fact, Tony. Isn't it? The, the keeper who should have been tested was the third choice keeper, and it was his debut. So why were we not peppering the goal early on? Long shots, everything, putting him under pressure. Perfect opportunity to scare him from the very beginning. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you know all, all of this. Actually, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, you know it paints a slightly different picture on it than what we were moaning about a minute ago. Because mm. I think the reality is, and I think Frank also said this. Actually, to be fair to him, but we did have enough chances to to win that game. And I think Jonathan made made an excellent point a minute ago. Had had we you know, bang one in in the first 20 minutes when we're all over them like a cheap suit, it would have been a very different story, which kind of also points to the fact that actually, um, irrespective of how it turned out, we had enough chances and we had enough quality in that side to win, Jonathan. Well, we did, but I, I think I mentioned that when I saw you on, on Saturday, the uh, it was still a bit B-teamish for me. And um, you could almost prophesy that, uh, that Pedro wasn't going to create anything because he, he just isn't, the player anymore we we make we're making excuses for him saying well he hasn't played for a bit but i think we're, we're now seeing regular performances from him when he comes on where he's not fitting in with, with what frank's after and it it it, it just said what made vol- volumes to me that clearly um what a great what a great prospect tammy is and um and, and how essential he is to the side because um, he would have. He would have really. Anything that was created for Giroud was meaningless. But uh, if if Tammy had been there, he'd have put a couple away. I'm absolutely sure. And also, he he, he it's the it's the way that he makes the uh, the centre halves have to run because he's so yeah. putting himself around about so much. Yeah. Um, I haven't answered your question, Chidge. What was it? What was it again? Well, I think. I mean, no, you have actually, and I think you've answered it very well because I was leaning on the side that actually on another day. Yeah, kind of of what you were saying that, you know, had we scored, it would have been a different story, as it always is. Uh, But you were disagreeing that we had enough quality in the side to win. Oh, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, well, I think I think once you establish that that Pedro is going to play, which I I was dismayed about, I have to say, because he just hasn't been doing it for me. And he doesn't clearly doesn't fit in with what is required by Frank. I mean, let's be honest, the way they've been playing in all the games that we've seen them is this really swift football or it, the, the the reserves are going to try and replicate it. But if they're not capable of doing it for some reason, which they're not quite, you're relying heavily on those who are really, really on the ball doing it, of whom I'd include Rhys James now into that setup, who I think is, uh, let's please have him as a permanent um, uh, fullback because he's, uh, he's, he's, he's putting in such really terrific performances, though he was skinned by Chilwell for their goal. Yeah. But, um, more um, of that, to, more of that yeah. in a minute, can indeed. I, 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 Got, give very quickly, Tone. Yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, only very quickly. It's just saying on, on JK's point there. He's interestingly <laughs> said that he's, Pedro potentially couldn't do it or whatever, you know, because of the, the way we play football. But wasn't that the issue as well last season when, you know, we were, Sarri ball isn't working. Perhaps our players just aren't 
up for that kind of thing, you know. So um, I think there's a similarity there. I'm not saying that we are playing Sarri ball, but there was this fast-paced passing thing, and <laughs> certain players couldn't cope with it last season. Yes, yeah. Tony. Which, Tony, you're barking. With very well though. Sorry, it was it's, it's Cresswell, not Chilwell. I'm getting my yeah. fullbacks confused. But yeah, and now I, I, so I'm and I'm. I was hoping that Dave was going to play left back because Dave has just been playing out of his skin. I thought he was brilliant against Valencia, and um, uh, instead of which we had Emerson, who um, isn't in favour, um, and I don't know. It's, isn't quite doing it for me at the moment. And, and I don't think he's doing it for Frank either. And Frank took him off, didn't he, in the previous game? Um, so you, in a sense, you've got a B-side playing and they revealed that they're, they're not quite up to it in the way that the others have been uh, this season. Um, well, I, I do, I do. yeah, I, I look, you know what? I agree with that. But I would say this, I, I can understand why Aspie perhaps needed a rest, because he's, he's no spring chicken anymore. I but I, I do think, you know, this is this is part of the reality check. And, I mean, we'll get on to this, I think, in, in, in the next part. But, you know, I think squad depth is something that we all knew about. And you're right, you know, when, when, you, when you don't have the team that have been playing really, really well playing together, then we look a different side. Anyway, we shall move on and talk about this in part two, because we're going to look at some of the individual performances and ask why Chelsea can't convert their chances, put in a tackle worthy of a foul or come back from behind. And we discuss whether the defeat to West Ham was in fact the reality reality check we all needed. Uh, we're also going to have a look at um, uh, the weekend's Who Knows Wins Match Prediction League, beloved by me and several other listeners. And uh, we will reveal who the somewhat surprising winner was. I wonder who it was. Anyway, we'll reveal it in part two. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. Uh, I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast with me and Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And Tony Bloody Glover. I love Bonsoir. him. Bonsoir. Bonsoir, mon ami. Oh, Mange too. Yeah, mange uh, too. Bonnet de douche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take... Mange too? Did you say mange too? You no. said mange too. Yeah, it takes us back to me and Tony speaking franglais in restaurants in uh, <laughs> in Belgium and, uh, and French France, which is great fun. Anyway... I still, I still think about that trip warmly, mate. It was great fun, wasn't it? It was yeah. brilliant. All right. Uh, okay, other than checking out the ChelseaFanCast.com website to go and read lots and lots of great stuff, um, we'll get on with the show. Um, listen, I, uh, given what we've been talking about in part one, which was um, you know, clear evidence of a bit of rotation uh, for whatever reason... And, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he, there, there was a marked difference from the side that... Uh, that last played. So Aspie wasn't playing. Kante wasn't playing. William wasn't playing. Uh, Tammy obviously was out injured. We knew about. That's quite a change round, isn't it? That's quite a few players that were, you know, that you would normally expect to play. Given all of that, Jonathan, do you think? Do you think Frank underestimated West Ham? Because I cannot, for the life of me, believe that he would, given his history with that club, understanding the rivalry between the two clubs. Well, their previous record had been absolutely awful, hadn't it? I don't mean against us. I mean, their last seven games, 
um, mostly based around their terrible goalkeeper, Roberto. Um, and in fact, I think that the club was beginning to suspect that Pellegrini had, had lost his marbles because he kept picking him. And, and if there was a wonderful one of uh, shot of him the other day, a video of him uh, punching the ball into his own net from no apparent from no, when he wasn't particularly under pressure. Um, and I think it had permeated the team and they had no confidence in him and consequently had the uh, had the willies every time he played. So this um, this master stroke of playing the third choice goalkeeper, I think, may have settled them down and destroyed Frank's plan. And I think he thought that they're not very good. We should beat them easily. This is an opportunity to give players a rest. Correct. And he could always bring them on later. And whereas um, because of their newly found confidence and once again, because they, they, they relaxed into the game, didn't they? As I said, they weren't in it for 20 minutes. Then slowly but surely came back into it, which we did see previously in the season against Sheffield United. Exactly the same thing happened where we couldn't score. So the opposition begins to work it out, gets more confident. The goalie gets more confident because he hasn't, you know, he, he's caught a couple and fallen over on a couple. So he's he's then brimming confidence and uh, it starts running through them. And they're not a bad side. They weren't early on in the season. If we played them early on in the season, um, Frank, I think, would have, would have been more careful. But I honestly think, um, yes, I think he played a weaker side because he thought he could because they've been so dreadful. We are, we, you and I prophesied the other day we'd win easily because we thought he was going to play the usual team. We didn't suspect that he'd bring in, we'd bring in four people who were, he'd muck the team around so much. So I think he was a bit caught with his trousers down, I'm afraid. Ooh, misses. Yeah. Tony, do you think, I mean, you yes. know, I saw your, I saw your, yeah, exactly. I saw your, <laughs> I saw your wonderful, um, by the way, people, if, uh, if you don't follow at GrocerJack UK uh, on Twitter, you're doing it all wrong because Tony puts up these brilliant kind of uh, observa- Tony's observations, Matt's yeah. observations, which are great yeah. fun, actually. And I, I, I always read them, mate. But I, I, I kind of agree with you a bit, actually. I thought West Ham did a job on us, actually. We, and, and I mean, you know, I thought of you when I wrote this line. You know, we shouldn't have been surprised at all. It's their cup final. They really desperately needed to win anyway. Their fans were frothing at the mouth in their support of them and calling us rent boys. Um, I mean, you know, we shouldn't have been surprised, really, because we've seen it against West Ham so many times. Before. I mean, I've sat next to you watching yeah. us screw it up against West Ham, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, we, I remember going back a few years to when Rafa was in charge and um, we lost to QPR at home. And it was it was similar. It was similar to that because we battered yeah. them and battered them, battered them. And I think after, you know, I think I, I had slightly different timings to to, uh, to JK. Um, and I thought it was about 30 minutes in when West Ham were unscathed. And at that point, their confidence started to grow and they started to push into the game a little bit. Um, and I think you're right. Look, you know, I go back to what I said about naivety. And I don't mean it in a nasty way. Frank is a young coach. Not only is a young man. Young man. Uh, comparatively in the game, but in his terms of experience, right? He's, you know, he, you know imagine, I always think of Guardiola went into Barcelona, having managed Barcelona B, right? That, that's nowhere near as intense as Frank would have had in, you know, in playing, uh, managing Derby last season in a real rough and tumble championship, a, a very, very difficult league to get out of. And I think he, uh, I'm agreeing with Jonathan again. He, I think he, <laughs> I think he threw the dice because he thought, you know what, we this team I'm putting out should be good enough to beat the team that they've got with the run they're on. Now, 
from a, yeah. a sort of counter perspective, I would look at that and think, well, they haven't won in six or seven games. Well, they're due one then, right? The law of averages just yeah. says that they are due one. They are. Uh, it's a London derby. It's a three o'clock kickoff, not a midday one. So their fans have had time to get oiled up a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're going to come. Do you, do you mean rubbing uh, cooking oil on, on each other's yes, naked bodies? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Is that I why think... they were going on about Ren Boys? <laughs> yes, indeed. A bit of reaction yeah, formation going yeah, on, maybe. I think, again, you know, they came and, and, and you know, they've they outsung us for, for parts of the game or whatever. Um, and that, that would have spurred their players on. It wasn't a complete surprise. I think you, you, you've got the European hangover, you've got various bits and pieces, you've got a, a team that's changed that, you know, Theoretically, they work with these players all the time that they've looked at him and Jody have looked at and gone, this should work. OK, um, so I think when you say did Frank underestimate West Ham? Yes, I think he did. I think he underestimated their desire, the fact that they'd made changes. And that is part of his learning. He would have learned more from that than he would have with a routine win. Our players will have learned more from that than they would have done with a routine win. These are the games, these are the bumps in the road where th- that team, that squad will think to themselves, shit, we buggered that up. This is what we go do to put it right. You do not get to the, the higher levels. It's not given to you on a plate. And Frank has actually said that. I think he, he, he's used the phrase, he, he, put, he had a cloak over his ear or something like that. Yeah. He's, you know, I'm, I, you know I'm, I've not been listening to all the smoke that's being blown up our arse. Okay, yeah. because I know there are issues there. So you've, you've said it. Yes, it was the wake-up call. I don't think the City game was a wake-up call because we were slaughtered out of sight by them last year. Yeah. That was a good testing ground. This one, I think, yeah, Jonathan said it, pants down a little bit. Um, well, we dropped it... a bollock, didn't we? Let's be honest. Yes, we did. We did. And I, I think, you know, there's no point in people going, oh, the fans should have sung loud or whatever. I, you know, sometimes you need the, the team to spur the fans on and vice versa. I don't think we, we did put in a bad performance. You know, no one's going to look at Chelsea and say, what a complete disaster that was. It just was, uh, it was a detuned Formula One car that's instead of in pole position, it's, you know, down in 13th or 14th place. No, I, I think, think someone... I think, <coughs> I think Frank, you're, you're, you're yeah. right, mate. I mean, I think I think Frank, you know, actually, just to to pick up on on the quote that you were talking about, if I can find it, yeah. I mean, he, he was asked after the game if he was shocked, and he said, "No game is easy or given to you." Disappointed rather than shocked. Uh, we didn't perform as well as we wanted to. Says he believes in his squad and that it's no time for harsh reactions or judgments. Very measured. Yeah. Uh, and he says this defeat won't be the worst thing so long as the team reacts in the right way. Says he tried to cloak my ear to the That's praise it. given to the to Chelsea in the last few weeks because performances over the course of the season uh, is far more important. I mean, all, all of which is, is is true. But, it's you know, look... He's not infallible, as you said, Tony. He's a he's a young manager and he's learning. I think if he learned anything, Jonathan, he learned that you know what we already knew is that, as I said, we don't have a lot of squad depth and that he can't rely on a few of the fringe players in that squad. But it was a shame, though, didn't, wasn't it, that they didn't really step up, even yeah, though we, always. we we think, yeah, because you always think that somebody coming in who hasn't played really needs to. Uh, to show that give the manager an option that he might want to select them next time, as yeah. opposed to um, playing as badly as their non-selection would suggest that that's why they haven't been selected in the first place. Isn't, yeah. isn't it a wonderful irony, Jonathan, that you know normally what happens in the course of a season is that you throw in a few youngsters for a game to see if they can cut yeah. it in the Premier League, and they quite <laughs> often look out of their depth and it all goes tits up. This season we're throwing in a few old warriors who should know better. <laughs> 
you know, and they and they end up being shit. So it's yeah. just a bizarre yeah. irony, which which yeah. we should we should chuckle at really. Look, let's 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 um just look at a few of the individual performances because you know I don't think it was all doom and gloom. I mean, Kepper, who's been getting dogs abuse recently, yeah. Um, praise when praise is due. Three world class saves kept us in it, really, Tony. I think. Absolutely, and, and uh, I think I tweeted as much saying them. Um, you did because I nicked know, that off your tweet. Yeah, and I think there was a few. <laughs> well, a few people, you know. Look, um, I, I ended up with a, a bit of a debate with um, with uh, with Terry Neighbour on Twitter last week. We had a we had a cuddle in the pub and a, and a chat while he. Oh, I'm sl- glad to hear that. And he slaughtered me over my uh, attire. Him and Clive O'Connor. I saw that. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. Very quite, unfair, I thought. They're quite the savage critiques they are, in a very posh, gentlemanly sort of way. Um, but they were well, lovely, and we, we, we sort of chatted about it. Uh, you know, uh, uh, goalkeeping, <laughs> my mate was sitting in the car on the way home, said all of those saves were for the Sunday papers. Doddle to save. And I said, well, you, you are just like a typical outfield player who sees goalkeepers and says, yeah, well, that's their job to do it, isn't it? Um, they, were, they were fantastic saves. Uh, and without them, I think we would have been dead and buried. Yeah, now, absolutely. Now, you, you could say that the, the headers were right at him, the, 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 the chances were right at him, but you've still got to be in the right position. You've still got to stop them. And I think, it, it, you know, it's, it, are his hands any more smoky than Peter Checks used to be at his near post? Because he got beaten there quite a few times. And, you know, we, we I, I don't know why we seem to think that goalkeepers need to be infallible. I don't think Kepa is the best goalkeeper in the league. I certainly don't think he's anywhere near the worst. Um, but I look at Liverpool's keeper, I look at the City's goalkeeper, I don't think they're I don't think they're way out in front of, of, of Kepa. And I think Kepa's young. We've paid a lot of money for him. So let's give him give him a chance to develop and put his stamp on the team. I mean I'll always I'm I'm still quite enamoured by the fact that he stood his ground last season in the in the in the cup final and said bollocks I'm not going off. <laughs> so I've got a lot of time for somebody who's a little bit rebellious <laughs> like that. But yeah. And I'm glad to see that he got the, the, or I gave him some of the praise that was due. Um, you know, there's some curmudgeons out there that wouldn't even do that because they're so determined to wait until these, you know, save, not save something they think he should have saved. Um, but, you know, it, it's, a, it's a difficult opinion, but I like him and I think we should stick by him. Good on you, mate. Um, now, Jonathan, you were talking about Reese James earlier on. I, I, again, I mean, actually, Jonathan, to be really honest with you, I thought he was one of our our best players on Saturday. He's, he's just such an impressive young man. But uh, argument, you see, here's the thing. There's an argument to say he was at fault for the goal. I would also point the finger at, at Zuma first. For, why is it that they have to bloody defend with their hands behind their back? I mean, he could have made an effort to block that shot, couldn't he? I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old curmudgeon. But what do you, 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 you think that it was more Reese's fault? Well, no, no, I'm just being um, ultra-critical. I thought that uh, um, Cresswell took it really well. Um, and good goal. Very yep. good goal indeed, terrific goal. Um, just a shame that we did that thing of letting them score, as we did against um, United, Sheffield United, in the first minute. You remember that after, after, uh, after half-time. It was, very, it was a, a similar pattern to, to early season, actually. Um, uh, and perhaps it was because, once we, as we've said, you know they're they're not used to playing with with an imbalance in the side. If the side has been playing so used to playing a certain way with with the better players, um, uh, they just weren't up to it. But uh, no, I think James has been um, absolutely outstanding. His ability to whip the ball in those crosses is just absolutely fantastic. He he really is top player. The the dilemma is is then do you play Dave left back? And I personally would try and play him there all the time. Um, 
or, or then do I, I mean this is so dependent on of course the the transfer window if the transfer windows open will they bid for a left back or will because and will will um Alonso go you know Alonso didn't even travel midweek and it clearly is now out of the picture because he's uh, he's not rated uh, as my friend Ron in fact said um so um let's uh Let's see, but I would. It would be a shame if this was the end of Dave as well. I, I well, can't I, quite I, see no, that. I, I, th- I think rumours of Dave's demise are premature. Yeah. I, there's some very indeed, good. Com- indeed, but where will he play, Chidge? If he's well, it, I, I think right he, well, he'll play left back, and uh, James will play right back. I think that's yeah. probably what will happen. He's Listen, played every a, game this season, isn't he, Aspie? He's played well, every game. Hence, yeah. hence, at the age of 32 or whatever it is, he probably needed a rest. Um, I've, there's some brilliant comments on Mixler here, which it would be remiss of me not to read out. Uh, Darren's Gas says that James and Pulisic stood out. I totally agree with that. I thought Pulisic was, is just blossoming into a fantastic player. If only he could finish a bit more consistently, because he, he, he really... I think he had three clear-cut chances, and he should have put at least one of them away. Um, Benji Toe uh, also makes an excellent point, um, which, of course, I forgot. Uh uh, I, should, I should write better scripts with reality in it rather than just <laughs> fucking forgetting everything. But Benji Toe says, um, if you watch the replay of that goal, Pedro should have tracked back to help Reese. He was, uh, well, I, he says five M away. I think I'm going to take that as five miles away because he might as well have been. But actually, Tony, that's a really good point, you know. And of course, I don't, th- I think Pedro's legs are pretty much going. I, I, I you know, yeah. He's a, yeah. Again, I think, you know, this, <clears throat> he's a useful player to bring off the bench now. Um, uh, when you need something different, I, I'm not sure he's a start. I think he may well have gone past the point where you'd you'd start him in a game. And I think the problem is, and it's not a problem. Uh, I think the 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 challenge is for these older players, uh, as you said, right, is that these young bucks have been so bloody good, so quick, so fast, and have have fallen into the Premiership and been so comfortable that it's rather difficult for them to even come on and match that now if they do get the chance to start. And I think, you know, I mean, I I thought James was partially at fault for the goal. I think he just lost a little bit of concentration to let Creswell go past him. Not taking that away, Creswell's turned him and scored. Right. Okay. Um, something that I think you know we lacked in that ability to turn and then fire the shot in and try to try the chance. You know. Um, but I, I I I do take your point that with you know in Pedro's case, should he attract back? Look, you know, I've been long been a critic of everybody who says a goal is always due uh, a goal is always conceded due to poor defending. Sometimes you have to give the attacking side the credit. And what Cresswell did was very good. You know? Well, tr- true, but I mean, you know, he was that the, Cresswell would have been Pedro's man if he was the fullback. Yeah, I think he possibly could be. But you know, look at every goal that we've scored. Somebody, we, well, our player has lost their man. Yeah, yeah. somewhere or another, and that's what happens in football. And I think sometimes you just got to yeah. Say, but Jonathan's point is very good. Conceding, as it, I was literally just walking up the stairs having had a half-time pint because um, I still maintain that what we need is we need like the theatres have we need a bell right <laughs> yes. right. we, we get one we get yeah. one I've insisted yeah, do you I've see we don't bell. we don't and yeah, I said to them they ring it the wrong I said you've got to tell us what it is yeah, you don't just ring it see f- five minutes to go or uh, and they actually they've now have a little video of it on the screens it says the second half is about to start don't no, you get that 
Well, I don't think we do. I think we just looked at it as the proletariat and we just ignored. Sorry. They, they want us. They want us to finish our lagers. <laughs> I don't know how you can drink that piss. To be honest, well, mate, yeah, fair it's, enough. It's, um, you know, I'm, I've moved into a position of there not being any such thing as a bad beer, just that some of a Well, we only we only get singer in the Gate Seventeen we bar. We do. I, I, I will just go back to that again. I think I can't. I'm not going to sit there and blame anybody to go because we have more than enough opportunity to have. So uh, uh, not even worried about that. We've been in three or four. Yeah, up, yeah, all right, yeah. We yeah. didn't actually, after we conceded the goal, um, I thought we'd come straight back at them and we didn't. There was about 10 or 15 minutes where we, we looked rattled. Um, and that's with experienced players in the, in the side as well. So I think, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's a lesson all round. If you were sitting, as we used to call it, having a tailboard meeting, um, you know, those are the things that would have come out in the, dress- in the, in the dressing room. I think they would have been sitting there saying, Do you know what, we need to learn from this. Because here's, here's a positive we didn't concede from a set piece. Well, that's very true. Um, listen, just something to move it on a bit. Uh, I, I, you know, we've been singing the praises of Kovacic and Jorginho all season, and they've looked absolutely fantastic. I actually thought they had quite a poor game, the both of them, and I, I kind of wondered, Jonathan, if they might be a bit tired. Well, you wouldn't blame them if they were after the uh, the madness of the Valencia <laughs> game. Where I've never seen anything like, like watching watching twelve year olds fighting in a blanket. Just I'm going surprised out. they haven't got crook next. The speed at which the ball was passing from one end to the other, mate. Indeed, indeed. Well, I think, but the trouble is they were part of it lots of the time, just well, getting the ball enough. at the edge of the penalty area, running up the other end with the ball, losing it, running back again to try and get it, getting it again, <laughs> running back up again. Well, you know, may, maybe Kovacic, that, maybe Kovacic is feeling a bit light headed. Because he scored. Because he scored, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did that strange um, uh, thumbing thing to his nose, yeah, didn't he, on the he box? Did. It, was, uh, it was quite joyous, him scoring, you know, because it was a terrific goal. Well, suddenly you thought, where's that come from? I know. It was about bloody I time, he, really, to be fair. More like that. He should have scored again after that game. Um, but no, Look, I, I, and also one thing we haven't talked about is that the Hammers actually got very good. Um, uh, and Rice had an exceptional game he did. in midfield. He did. You certainly thought, wow. That's why he's been playing for England. He's not been playing very well for them, but suddenly he was. Um, he was he up for it, wasn't he? Forward, there was a there was a Loftus cheek quality to him that I was very impressed by, actually. And, and I no, Noble they, was in. It was was suitably irritating, wasn't he? All game. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, no ability, but just really irritating. Uh, you know what always, I mean? As always, yeah. But he always gets in the refs' ear, doesn't he? I think oh, part yeah. of his ap- appeal for West Ham for the uh, for managers is his constant chirping into the ref you know just yeah. about everything so he's a hundred percent toey really isn't he no uh, noble i think <laughs> you know what i mean um all right uh there's a there's a kind of a link uh really uh you know it being that kovacic and Jorginho are are our midfielders because um this was an incredible statistic uh that i that i found um, which everybody's talked about actually subsequently. So this is not this is nothing new. Everybody's mentioned this, but um, Chelsea didn't concede a single foul in a Premier League game for the first time since Opta started recording the assisting. Now, of course, some bright wag will no doubt text in or something to say they've only been doing it for a week. But uh, I mean, <laughs> I, well, I don't know. It doesn't say when they started recording oh, the assisting. Yeah. But you know, yeah. let, let's assume it's been quite a while. I mean, that for me, that's. I mean, okay, I'm a bit old school, and I like people putting their foot in. I mean, that's why I love Ampadu so much, Tony. But that's quite a an it, it indictment, is, I think, isn't it's, it? It's, it's a very surprising um, 
uh, stat alongside the other one, but you know we've we've yet to gain a single point from a losing position. Do you know what I I put that down uh, a little bit of that down to, uh, and I'm going to use the word again, sort of naivety of, of a young team that all want to impress. I don't think they've, you know, some of the players in that side could not consider themselves to be grizzled old professionals yet, who would know some of them. <laughs> Dirty tricks is too strong a word. You know the. Jonathan, help me out here. Well, I think Jorginho is actually Tony. I mean, Jorginho. I mean, it's no no coincidence that he racked up five yellow cards and got, uh, you know, got a a suspension the other week because I've seen him do a lot of what we would we would call professional fouls, where he he foul he fouls the bloke when he's breaking free just as he's gone over the halfway line and he takes one for the team. So I mean, he is a grizzled old pro. We're not we're not great dark arts. We've gone. You remember what we were like under Mourinho when you know our players, all of them used to chirp. Shithousery. Yes, shithousery. And we've lost that. And I I can't think of of the point where we did. And we've never really um, got it back. We never even really got it back under Mourinho's last uh, 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 last term with us. And and it it seems strange to me that we do seem to be you know uh, always up for the fair play award. I mean. Not being funny, but I can't remember a red card for a, a foul for a, no. some time. Really. Um, Would you say Tony that Costa was? Well, he wasn't dark arts, but he was. He, he was. was, he, he, was, was nig- he was a niggler, wasn't he? And he was yeah. also his attitude. Yeah, he wasn't quite. He wouldn't yeah. really. He wouldn't foul people and, and hurt them. I didn't get that impression. No, he just niggle he, and uh, and get in the way and do something illegal and pull a shirt and get and and, and confront them go up into their faces yeah, you know he, i think that. he looked like a hitman didn't he i mean you yeah. would shit themselves if they saw somebody like him coming at them in the night like you know um but frankly yes i think you're right and I, but i do think some of it will come with experience kovacic you you, you said it kovacic for me has been one of our play, possibly the player of the season he's been fantastic for me real eye opener and Jorginho, who has been freed from this um, metronomic pass the ball as soon as you get it mentality that Sarri was trying to drum into him. Um, and, and, and maybe it was just like, do you know, maybe there was a bit of fatigue in there. Or, or sometimes that may well lead to them being more prone to give a foul away. Because yeah, but they little, didn't. But they didn't. And I just wonder whether that was part and parcel of it. You know, no. I, I, at the end of the day, I will always look at it and say, you know, there are days when I get up when I'm, you know, I, I nearly fall down the stairs. I will spill my cup of coffee. Yeah. It's one of those days where everything you touch turns to shit. Yeah. You're clumsy. You're just not there. It's almost like you're... Uh, I've never had one of those, mate. Never, ever. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've, I've watched you in the morning, mate. Very true. Very true. You're almost a millisecond away from everything being absolutely spot on. Yeah. Because it isn't. And I just get the impression that there was a touch of that to the team. Like Mm. I said... JK says the balance of the team was, was, was off kilter. or they were possibly used to being some of the personnel that are out there. And, and, and I think, you know, it's almost created a perfect storm in a, in a sense of a team that, as you said, if we'd have played for another bloody week, I don't think we'd have got a goal there. Well, that's very true. I mean, the thing, the thing that I'm really bemoaning is, that I, you know, I, I just... Laurie McMenemy said this years ago as a wonderful phrase. He said, the perfect team needs seven violinists and four hod carriers. And and what I I mean I I don't think there are many what I would call <clears throat> players with a bit of bite, you know, a bit of aggression who are just going to go through somebody. I mean, not necessarily dark arts, not necessarily shithousery, not not necessarily being dirty, just a bit of aggression and bite. You like know. Mark Noble. 
Well, indeed. I mean, like Ampadu, as I said yeah, earlier on. I mean, yeah. he's that like Essien of old, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. like Balak, you know, yeah. people who will put their foot in and yes. make a challenge. Sometimes, yes, you know, and certainly in this day and age, you can see the foul doing that. But, I mean, it seems to be, and I mean, I'm not criticising this because we're all embracing it and enjoying it, but the team's full of ball players and it's all about, you know, yeah. playing pretty football. Sometimes you've got to... You know, you got to get hurt. You know, it's a it's a physical game, and sometimes you've got to. Yeah, I mean, there you go, Andy. With the lovely yeah, Andy Willis, by the way. Hello, Andy. Uh, lovely to see you in here. He says Rudiger would have stirred it up. Yeah. You know, that's that's true. Rudiger's got. Uh, but, but yeah, we, we've got we've got. No, we I, I don't agree with Ida fifty nine, but so I won't read his thing out. Sorry, Ida, nothing personal. I mean, actually, no, I will because that's a rude thing to say. He says I don't go with this. They were tired bollocks. They're ultra fit young athletes for fuck's sake. That is a good point, but some of them are getting a bit older. But I actually think what we what we as supporters tend to forget. Uh, it's not just about physical fatigue, it's no. about mental fatigue. And I think particularly with the youngsters in this side, although of course most of them played, so they clearly aren't, but. Uh, they're not used to playing at this level and the speed of the game in the Premier League is very, very different and particularly in Europe as well. So, you know, I think I think I wouldn't be surprised if mental fatigue comes into it. But, you know... Some of their, for some of them, would that have been their, their first London derby at home? Uh, Palace? Uh, oh, right, OK. But I, get, I mean, I suppose... Proper London derby. Yeah, proper. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't consider Palace as being... Um, as in our as in our faces, West Ham constantly are. Do you know what I mean? No, um, I agree. Again, a little bit of that there. You know, a different type of support as well. Um, the West Ham fans don't take any prisoners, do they? Let's be fair. They don't indeed. Now, uh, right, I'm just going to move on um, because uh, you know bollocks to it. We we lost. It happens. Blah blah blah. I, I'm kind of with Frank on on his measured comments after the game and you know we, we are going to lose occasionally it does happen um but uh before in the pub tony as you can verify it was really really good fun i was going to name we had so many people this is i only had a pint i can't believe it because i spent most of my time talking to people i didn't have time to go to the bar anyway uh the lovely freddie who is uh who is in mixler at the moment as drink vodka he did buy me a vodka actually it was a very nice vodka freddie thank you Freddie was there, Johan from Sweden, Daniel, who's the chairman of the Chelsea supporters group in Sweden, Oscar from Sweden, who I hadn't met before, and this is my favourite. There was a bloke, I said, you're, you're Swedish as well then, mate? He said, no, I'm from Norway. Oh, I said, okay, what's your name then? And he said, my name is Odd. And I said, well, that's an odd name. Bodum tush. Uh, but no, his name really was Odd. It was great. And, and then we had a bit of a, a delegation from the States, the lovely Josh Winter, who... I'd worked out I've now known for 10 years through doing this show, who's lovely. Uh, I saw him again, actually, last night briefly with his... Uh, uh, Lisa was with him as well at the uh, the Canners do, the Black and Blue do. And, Jonathan, I finally met Shane. I met Shane from oh, the he States. Was, was he fantastic? I, I met Shane. It was lovely to... He was nothing like I expected him to be. I don't know why. I had this picture in my head that he would be completely different, but he was lovely. Superb to meet him. Uh, his first game over here. I think Dan sorted him out with some tickets. I also saw some old mates, Nikki Davidson and Andy, the lovely Andy and Jen. I also met CFC Jay, who's one of uh, the local lads. Great lad he was. And I also met Jonathan, a guy called Paul Hackman and his son George. Paul's been listening for ages and ages and ages. And he was, I can't remember where he came up from, somewhere in the West Country. Had a lovely chat with him. Uh, so that was great, and uh, some of the old sus, you know, the usual suspects: Tony, Clive, who you mentioned, Clive O'Connell, uh, uh, Nikki, yeah. the lovely Nikki, 
Uh, Dan Sills, of course, Ken, uh, and of course your good self in the pub yes. before. What a good turnout, mate. It was it's a lovely pub, isn't it, anyway? So I think, it, you know, it, it, it's just a nice place to meet and chat. And, um, uh, uh, and you know, it is one of those places. Do you know, it reminds me a bit of Cheers. It's the sort of place you walk into and someone across the bar will go, hello, are we? You know, yeah. we're here or whatever, you know. And I like that. I really do. It's lovely, isn't it? Talking of uh, Dan, Daniel. Oh, I, 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 no, see if I can do this. He's, he's actually in Mixler, right? He's a disco Donny. This is Daniel from Sweden. Uh, Daniel... Jo Joan uh, Joanno Joanno I think that's how, not not Genou like I I pronounce it Jonathan it's Joanno Joanno he, Joanno right. he'll tell me if that's right or wrong because he's in Mixler at the moment so it's Daniel Joanno I'm pretty sure that's right so there we go right very it, it wasn't somebody going to tell us how to pronounce Pulisic uh, well yeah but there's this kind of thing because if if he was if he was in uh, um, he's Croatian isn't he originally yeah. if he was from Croatia it would be Pulisic. Right, because that's how they pronounce it. But the Americans pronounce it Pulisic, I'm led to believe. So that's yes. why we call him Pulisic. That's the story I heard. So there you go. I'm sticking yeah. with that one. Right, very large, kind of a little bit of tying up other stuff that was going on. Because um, last night, yeah, I should mention this really. It was a fantastic uh, do last night. Uh, Paul Canners, our great friend Paul Cannaville. Uh, he has a, a, a do once a year now uh, called Black and Blue. And by the, by the way, breaking news, Disco Donnie says, ha-ha, perfect for Joanno. Thank you, Daniel. Anyway, Canners is due, Black and Blue. It was under the bridge last night. Um, and uh, it's it's really fantastic. It's all in aid of his uh, wonderful foundation, the Paul Cannibal Foundation. But, I mean, it was, uh, it, honestly, all the all the faces were there. It was brilliant. Caught up some really good mates. Saw Andy Saunders. Marco was there. Dan was there. Uh, poor old Clayton wasn't well, so he couldn't make it. Um, Kath was there. Pete Trenter was there. I mean, you name it. The, everybody that you... Uh, uh, Roy and Margaret from the... Uh, uh, you know Chelsea Supporters Club. The old, I mean, going for seventy-one years now. That has not not Roy and Margaret. I hasten to add, but the Chelsea Supporters Club has. They were. There. I mean, it really was just a fantastic evening. But the best thing about it, apart from all of that and the chance of a few Guinnesses, uh, was the panel that they had. They had well a guy called Mister C, who I, who I don't know, but he's a comedian. He was funny. Omid Jalali was hilarious. He did a he did a set. I was absolutely wet in my pants laughing at Omid. Uh, but they had Trevor uh, Trevor Nelson, who's a very famous DJ, massive Chelsea supporter. But the b- best thing of all was they had Michael Dubry, Frank Sinclair, uh, Eddie Newton, the lovely Eddie Newton, and the best of all, Paul Elliott. And when Dan and I walked in, uh, we were like talking to Franny uh, at the uh, you know getting some raffle tickets, and somebody I don't know what happened really. It's kind of bizarre, but Paul introduced himself to me and Dan, which I thought was like completely weird. Like, like you know, I just can't get my head around this. Is this is Paul Elliott, who was potentially one of our greatest ever defenders, and whose career was cruelly cut short by that absolute bastard Dean Saunders. So, I mean, you know, so yeah, yeah, absolutely awful, wasn't it? Anyway, cutting a long story short, they were brilliant, but uh, no more. I mean, Paul Elliott's so eloquent and talks so sensibly about the game. But Michael Dubry, Dubs, was absolutely hilarious. He should have his own showmate. He was so funny. He was really very rude about Frank LeBeuf, which was very, very funny. Told a hilarious story involving him warming up on the bench every five minutes because Frank LeBeuf would keep going down pretending to be injured. And Ian Wright was against Arsenal. Ian Wright going absolutely potty because you know what Wright he's like, and he obviously he, he knows Dubs as a mate of his, and basically calling, uh, moaning about Frank going down easily and calling him a pussy, and said you bet you'll be on soon, mate. You'll be. It was just it, honestly, it, it was just 
Brilliant. So I had an absolutely fantastic time. So thank you to Kaza and Gary and most of all, of course, the lovely Paul Cannibal for a brilliant, brilliant evening. Uh, if you get it, they'll do it next year. If you're in town and get a chance, go. It's absolutely brilliant. You'll love it. Really good night. I had to leave early because I, I had to get back down here and, of course, managed to, like, miss the last train. So I ended up having to stay up in town last night. But uh, otherwise, I'd, if I'd have known that, I'd have bloody stayed there longer. But there you go. A great dude. Now, um... Very quickly, whilst all that was going on, the reason I'm talking about the Canners do is because one of the things we were all talking about, because it happened while we were there, is the FA Cup uh, third round draw happened, Jonathan. And we've got Nottingham Forest at home again. 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 Can can they not put a rule in somewhere that if you keep drawing the same team, that it it has to be done again? They they have to say, no, sorry, you've had them three times in the last five years. You're allowed to have someone else. We can draw someone else. And similarly for them, because at least they didn't bring their inflatable uh, European Cups like they did the first time they played us, uh, last time we played them. But yeah, uh, mind you, they're not playing badly at the moment. So, um, you know, we'd have to, we, we need to put all the goals away in the first 20 minutes. Otherwise, it will have another another strange and <laughs> Bradfordian experience. Remember, we played Bradford and we, we were two up and we lost three, oh, three two God, in the end. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, but it should be a, you know a, another stroll in the park. But let's let's hope he doesn't put on the reserves, and um, because the reserve team might not be good enough. Well, has it, no, occurred, I, has it occurred to you that you know, given that Frank was Derby County's manager last season, ooh. you know, yeah, the Forest fans are going to be well up for this, and, and oh, no doubt the players. So there'll be a bit of edge to this that there might not have otherwise been, Tony. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like Forest. I've got fond memories of that, that uh, the, that team under under Clough. Uh, yeah, and they've the, the the wonderful football they played, and the fact that they you know they completely shocked everybody. Nobody thought they were they they they'd never really featured much before, other than a bit like Coventry in the sense that they were teams that were about, but never, you know. Uh, whatever, and, and Clough put them firmly on the map. So I've got kind of fond memories and a, a little warm spot for Nottingham Forest. Um, and um, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to this one. I, I, I see what John Jonathan's saying, nice to play somebody else or whatever. But um, yeah, I think there could be a bit of an edge to it. They, they, they will, like you said, Nottingham Forest and Derby, the no love loss there. So um, they'll probably be wanting to, to, to knock us down a peg or two because Frank's in charge. Um, yeah, I th- I'm, I'm, I'm quite enamoured by by that and I think it's a nice draw. I really do. Yeah. yeah. It's the FA Cup. What's they not to fought- like? They are fourth, JK. So you're yeah. right. They are doing quite yeah, well. Yeah, they're doing well. They're doing yeah. okay. Well, they beat um, Rangers 4 0 the other day. My mate's a Rangers fan, and he was a bit disappointed about that because Rangers had been. Uh, They've been fourth themselves about six games ago, but they've now not won anything for six uh, six matches. But um, you know they're playing. Uh, they've got the who's the centre forward who plays for them? Who was in the Sunderland documentary that was on uh, a couple of years ago? Um, oh got God! Um, but he's a decent player. Decent. They've got decent couple of decent players, and I think their 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 manager's getting him to play quite competently. Yeah, no, I it, mean. It, well, you know, let's see what happens. I, I still think we should be much too powerful. Oh, we should them. be. We should be far too powerful for them. Although they are fourth in the championship under their their manager, Mini the Moocher. Is it? Yeah, the Moocher. Labry Samucci, I think his name is. Lamucci. Yeah, yeah, Lamucci. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if if Forest fans haven't done a song about their manager to the to the tune of <laughs> Mini the Moocher, they're doing it all wrong. Anyway, you, uh, you know they won't have. You know, you know, you're in a different class here. 
You know, yeah, they I know. See, I, I would have been very happy with this draw if it had been away to Forest because I'd have been well up for going up there because I love Nottingham. It's a great city. Well, lost. I have such terrible memories of going there and having um, seen Steve Pierce rifle the ball Stuart through the Pierce. wall. Oh, sorry, yeah, Stuart. Yeah, who's Stephen Pierce? Oh, he's a base. I don't know. Yeah, a base. I've got, I've got, I've got mates who've got memories of uh, walking back from Forest along the Trent and having rucks with the Forest fans and throwing them in the River Trent. <laughs> I've, had, I've heard stories about that. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, quick uh, roundup: Parish notices, Patreon, of course. As always, massive, huge, massive thank you to all of you, lovely lot who uh, who sign up and subscribe uh, on Patreon and donate a bit of moolah. Uh, every month much much appreciated uh, if only I could ever reciprocate uh, like I was funny enough because I was on the uh, London is blue pod uh, on uh, Sunday having having been up since five o'clock because I started doing the breakfast show for love sport on Sundays now so I had to get up at five in the morning uh, having watched match of the day of the night because I had about four or five hours sleep did the radio show for four hours, came home and then did another bloody, you know, with London is Blue. But I had a lovely chat with them. They're on great form uh, and uh, gave me a chance to plug the Chelsea special, more of which in a minute. But we were talking about Patreon. Of course, they do it all the right way and they all these kind of special things that they do. And I was saying, I'm absolutely shit at this and I feel terrible about it. But they did point out, very, very nice of them. They said, yes, but Chidge, you did do this big banner in the Matthew Harding end, the Kerry Dixon banner, which was kind of like a thing for Patreon. And, of course, that's true. And and on that note, finally, those of you who have asked for a Kerry Dixon banner, a mini Kerry Dixon banner, you will be delighted to know that I tracked him down finally on Saturday morning and I've got him to sign loads. Ba-dum. So I will be getting those into the post to those who ask for them very, very soon. Uh, hopefully in the next week or two you'll get those. So there you go. Look out for that. If you want to uh, subscribe to uh, patreon it's very easy it's patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast uh, and it's like a monthly subscription you know as little or as much as you want really there's absolutely no pressure because as i said i feel tremendously guilty that i do bugger all although i do occasionally engage with people you can message me on there and i will i will respond uh, i've got about 500 different social media apps so sometimes i'm a bit slow but i do my best but anyway thank you thank you thank you that's the main thing now i, I just mentioned the chelsea special um which is a real labor of love of mine at the moment um it's basically a series of interviews that we put up as podcasts that I do with Martin King, he who wrote Hooli Fan and Hooli Fan Two. He was, in fact, he was probably he was probably at Nottingham Forest chucking people in the Trent many years ago, if I know Martin. Um, but he's a great character. He's been supporting Chelsea since almost as long as Jonathan, since the early sixties. In fact, you know, Jonathan used to ride around in his firm. I think, didn't you, Jonathan? Yeah, I, I, I had a, a, a little my little Chelsea kit on, and um, and we'd um, we'd just throw footballs at people. That's right. Uh, there you go. So anyway, he's, he's actually, he, his reputation is fearsome, but he's actually lovely. He's a really, really lovely bloke and incredibly knowledgeable. And of course, he's seen, a, you know, a lot of the players that we've interviewed, he's actually seen them play, unlike me, you know, uh, the guys in the 60s. But we've already uh, released, uh, we've released, it sounds like we've released them from prison. Uh, no pun intended with Kerry, of course. But anyway, um, yeah, we've already released the Kerry Dixon one, the Bobby Tambling one, the Chopper Harris one, the Tommy Baldwin one. Don't tell him I said that. No, uh, keep no. it quiet. All right. Uh, and the Colin Pates one. And uh, I put the John Bumpster, John Bump, you know, Bummers, Johnny B. He was up last week. 
Uh, and uh, to, to, to be released are John Boyle, Gary Chivers and Canners, Paul Cannaville. And uh, we recorded one last week or the other week with Danny Harkins, who was the original leader of the Shed, the Shed Boys, when all that got kind of formed in the 60s and thereafter. That's a real cracker. So I've got to edit a, a few of them up. Um, if if uh, I have time this week, uh, I will try and get the Gary Chivers one up. But they're absolutely brilliant. And the reason they're brilliant is because for some reason they kind of you know get on with me and martin and trust us and of course we know our onions so we ask the right questions and they they are responding in kind and they're being brilliant really opening up talking about particular games people they played with people they played against what they think of the fans and what it was really like playing in in those eras of chelsea it's absolutely fantastic uh because we are paying these guys when we interview them Martin and I have racked up quite a lot of uh, costs on this. It's, it's, it's well over a grand so far, actually. But there you go. Um, so, therefore, we're having to charge for them uh, in order to try and cover our costs. We're, it's £2.99 each podcast, uh, which is basically, Tony, less than a, less than a pint. Less, less than a British pint of beer. So, it's bloody good value, mate. I would say so. Uh, unless you go to Weatherspoons, we can still pick up a pint for about £1.70. But uh, well, okay. that's me being pedantic. So. That's, well, yes, very true. So it, it's basically... Less than a cup of coffee, though, in any well-known coffee chain. You're not going to get anything less than 2.99 as far as I know, in Costas or Starbucks or anything like that. Yeah. So it's less, less than a cup of coffee or a pint of beer. And once you've downloaded it, you can listen to it again and again and again. So there you go. Um, the, the thing is, we've put it in th- quite a narrow platform because because we have to charge for it. We can't put it on Spotify and iTunes and all the other kind of stuff. So it's on Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Uh, and you can go, you can basically, if you go to Podbean, chelseaspecial.podbean.com, you'll find all of them there and you can you know once you've gone through the paywall you can you can then listen to them as i said um now there is a website too which is uh which is uh going to be chelseaspecial.com amazingly enough and hopefully that'll be uh launching next week i think that's the plan um in the interim i've got all the, the I, I do a blog you know that accompanies each interview which you'll find on the chelseafancast.com website um under chelsea special if you want to go and find it but the great thing about the blog is that i I write a little bit of blurb about the interview and and, and what they were all about a few of their stats and stuff but also i've been digging out all these youtube clips of them in action i mean i've had endless fun jonathan and tony kind of going down the rabbit hole of youtube and just finding all this i mean like for example for bummers last week i found the goal the goal that he talks about against Spurs one of his it was his last goal for Chelsea and that was the game where our 28 year unbeaten home runs run started so i mean amazing gold dust like this that i've been putting up there so there's a, there's a whole lot more besides the actual interview so i commend it to the house right okay enough of me blurbing on and, and trying to get you to part with money oh actually no i'm going to try and get you to part with more money um <laughs> There are those of you who will probably be aware that we've got involved with this wonderful uh, company called Who Knows Wins. Who uh, they are a betting company, obviously, but it's social betting, and it's all uh, there's no bookies involved at all. Uh, so you basically bet against your mates. And uh, what I do is I set up a, 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 a league every week, Chelsea Fancast League, which recently I've kind of diverted from just doing the Premier League matches to, to mixing in a few with the. Uh, Chelsea interest so for example I chose some matches with Chelsea loanees playing in in Syria Air and La Liga and uh, the, uh, the 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 German league the the Bundesliga just to make it a bit more interesting so I set up a league usually about 10 matches there's an entry fee of 5 quid so once you've downloaded their app 
who knows wins app on Apple or, or Google Play. Uh, you register an account, deposit some money, and then when I release the league, league you go to the link, and the buy-in's usually five quid. Uh, and then, then you just basically go through the list and you predict whether it'll be a home win, an away win, or a draw. Okay, now, as many people will know, last week I had an absolute shocker. I had a shocker. And I came 35th out of 35. How good is that, Tony? Uh, well, that's, um, that is snatching defeat from the jaws of even bigger defeat, isn't it? It it's, was absolutely um, shit, honest, mate. It's complete shite. It's yes, complete it shit, is, isn't yes, it? It's, um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, guess what happened this week, right? We only had 13 players this week because the league stayed private. You were uh, number one. I won, I won. I went from 35th to 1st in the space of a week. But I tell you what, narrow, narrow victory because I only got 6 out of 10 right. And that's rubbish because normally the winner gets 8 or 9 out of 10. I mean, this is how good people are on here. Uh, but I'll tell you what I went for. We went, I, 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 See, I, it all started off horribly wrong because I, got, I, I predicted Charlton would beat Sheffield Wednesday. They lost. I predicted that uh, Man City would beat Newcastle. They drew. Thankfully, Atalanta, thanks to a couple of Palisic goals, our Chelsea boy, they beat Brescia 3-0, so I got a point there. Uh, Hoffenheim drew with uh, Dusseldorf. I predicted Dusseldorf would win. Bloody Chelsea let me down, losing to West Ham. Obviously, I predicted Chelsea would win. But then it all turned round, mate. It was like a... I mean, talk about Chelsea not being able to come from behind. Chidge did a blinder, right? This is all Sunday. I got Reading to beat Wigan. They did. Southampton to beat Watford. They did. Norwich and Arsenal to draw, they did. Leicester to beat Everton, they did. Thank my God I was close there with that VAR uh, decision going my way in the last minute. And then finally, Getafe, uh, with the wonderful Kennedy playing uh, for Chelsea, uh, from Chelsea, they beat Levante 4-0. So there you go. So I ended up winning. Uh, Honourable mentions, as always, go to Daryl M, William C, Sam Cullen and Mungo the Blue. Uh, they they tied equal seconds, so they got a, a, a they won about a four quid, five quid. I won about forty three quid, which is all right. Betting the kick in the balls. Bad luck to Del Boy, Frankie Ball, Happy Bird, CT twenty six, and all the others who took part. But look, if I can come thirty fifth out of thirty five one week and win the next, there is hope for you all. So there you go. So anyway, go and uh, download the app. Uh, what who knows wins Apple Store, Google Play. Uh, you can't. I mean, it's not like normal betting. It's no bookies involved. You can't like get out of your control and lose hundreds of pounds in a day. You only get a. You know, your, your exposure's five quid, and it's fun. There's a chat room, so you can all kind of have a bit of a chat while the games are going on and. And, and swear at me when I'm winning, which is actually everybody was very lovely and magnanimous this week. So there you go. Enough of me prattling on. It's emails in part three. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it. It's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices – It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. 
There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is part three of the Chelsea Fancast uh, with me, Stamford Chidge, and him, Tony Glover. Evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. And the lovely, mellifluous uh, Jonathan Kidd. Um, now, I should just let you know, we're about to read out loads of emails, which are all well worth listening to you, so don't bugger off. It's very rude. And anyway, if you do that, if you bugger off now, you won't hear part four, which is where we talk about the uh, Aston Villa match, uh, which will be tomorrow night. So, you know, you can get our take on that. So do stay. Don't touch that dial, as they say. Don't touch that dial. Don't touch that dial. Now, Jonathan, you had, a, you, what, you had something you wanted to say. I was interested that uh, Kennedy was playing at um, Getafe. Um, or is it Getafe? How do you pronounce that? Getafe? Getafe, Getafe. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he sort of sneaked un- out of, under the radar for leaving there. I don't remember that happening. I thought he I was think in- he, I think he was sent away from the club with a, with a blanket over his head. With an unmarked car, actually. Flea in his ear. But then, having thought about that, um, isn't it coming to the end of Drinkwater's spell at Burnley? And he's failed miserably to get a single game under his belt. Didn't he play the other day? um, I think he was... uh, Was was he a sub? I don't think he got on. Right, he didn't get on. (laughs) Um, And then, at the same time, what has happened to um, Bakayoko? Where did he end up? He's at Monaco. He's He's back at Monaco. He's back at Monaco. Oh, very... Is he, is, he a, is, he, is he reappearing? Because I don't think I could bear it if he suddenly made himself available. I don't think Frank would have him anywhere near this, the team anyway. So I really don't know. Uh, Brett Rutherford says that Drinkwater is in the team today against City, which oh, cl- yeah, is playing now. Blimey. So there you go. There you go. God. Okay. Do you want to read your emails out, love? Me emails? Me emails? Is it me first, Jidge? Yeah, always. You know oh, that. Thank you. Age before beauty. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Well, I just <laughs> clear the pipes, JK. Clear the pipes. Uh, 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 hang on, Chidge. I haven't got them, Chidge. What? What do you mean you haven't got them? Uh, they're on the script. They are. Okay. They are. Yeah, yeah. The script. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Fuck's sake! <laughs> Bloody amateur. No, no, be fair, be fair. It suddenly says earlier on, it says four parish notices. It says, I thought, is that part four? What's going on here? Part three, two, but then suddenly I found it. Here it is. Here it is after your stats. Here we are. Uh, From Greg Droney. Um, Hi, Chidge, JK, and substitute. The substitute is you, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Oi! Cheeky bastard. (laughs) 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 I'll tell you what. I mean... Yeah. I'm in good company then with the likes of Joe Tweeds and Marco and Alex. And yeah, we're all, we're, you know, this is a strong squad, my friend, a strong squad. 
the very fact you're on the bench, I find that really interesting because you appear to be very prominent. Prominent in this. I'm, I'm saying nothing. I'm saying I'm staying out of this one. Yeah. I change J.K. and substitute <laughs> would have liked to have won a Frank Lampard t-shirt, but would love a Ron from Millwall t-shirt. <laughs> Ron is the secret weapon of the show. My wife, Sue, and I can't wait for his pearls of wisdom. I'm sure Ron will be up for making a quid. He's in the uh, the Maldives at the moment. That's them. Ron could se- also sell his transfer predictions to the Ron fans, who would then be ahead of the game. A wonderful marketing opportunity. JK, get on it, please. Camera cards. Greg Droney. Toowoomba Oz. P.S. I'll give it a rest for a while. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Like it, like it. Always like hearing from you, Greg. Don't you worry about giving it a rest. <clears throat> right. Uh, Marco Delavelle. Hi, David. Very polite. I'm not even sure if this is an email to read out, but if you send them, I'll put do them you, out. Do you still actually respond if anybody calls you David? Uh, <laughs> Apparently I've never called you that. Only when it's my mother. Um, all right. He says, Hi, David. I hope you're well. And I'm just emailing to say that I love the Chelsea Fancast. I think it's a brilliant podcast show. Everybody who works on it does a fantastic job, especially the substitutes. No, he didn't. Re- he didn't. He didn't say that. He, didn't. <laughs> he says everybody who works on it does a fantastic job. They certainly do. Secondly, I've come up with this idea of creating a similar podcast for the women's team. Could you please advise me on the best way to put this idea into practice, please? As I feel that the women's game is really growing in this country, and I would love to give the Chelsea women the exposure sorry my spaghetti bolognese is repeating i'd like to give the chelsea women the exposure they deserve interesting choice of words there was probably my filthy mind and to give the chelsea women's fans a fantastic fan cast that you and jonathan kidd and everyone else have given for the men's team thanks in advance marco delaval delaval even marco what a brilliant email thank you for writing in and thank you for being so lovely about us i think that's a brilliant idea uh, and, I, and, I, and I, well, you've got Tony. To, you, you may not know this, but Tony has his own podcast uh, called The Podding Shed, which is far better than the Chelsea Fancast because there aren't any substitutes on that one. So, uh, you know, you've got the, got the right people in here to, to, to give you some advice. I mean, I, I, I'll go first, Tony, and then you, you pitch in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I would say is do it your own way. Uh, absolutely don't worry about what any of anybody else does you do what you think works but if you're doing one on the Chelsea women's team I think you need to get people I mean for example if we did one on the Chelsea women's team it would be absolutely shit because my to my knowledge none of us have been to a Chelsea women's game am I right correct yeah I know very little about it, which is very bad of me, but it's true. So we would do a shit podcast on Chelsea women's team. So the key thing is you you need to have people on there who go regularly preferably to every Chelsea women's match and really know what they're talking about. And uh, I mean, I know there's a lovely girl called Hannah, if I'm right, who does the main website for the Chelsea women's fans. And she's brilliant. She, I interviewed her. She's been on this show and she's great. So you need to get a few people like that on there. But I mean, the bottom line is you need to be going because otherwise you can't really talk with authority about, about it, I think. Uh, which is just my personal view. Other than that, um, it's getting the right technology that works for you, really, isn't it, Tony? It is. I mean, I, I use um, so obviously with the podding ship, we don't do it live. We don't. We 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 record it. We do it via Skype. We use a bit of software called Audio Hijack Pro, which is you know twenty twenty five quid or whatever. It's a very very good way of recording. Um, everybody and making sure that they're all on sort of separate channels but joined if you know what I mean um, uh, and Nick who's uh, who's a guy we've never met um, he puts it all together and then puts it out through um, the poddingshed.com and um, 
I think it goes into Apple iTunes and a couple other places as well. Um, so I think you need to have make sure uh, the technical knowledge. You know, uh, I think it's probably more to do with knowing the background. The recording side of it's fairly easy, but it's then knowing how to formulate it and you know picking a theme tune. So you've got the one um, from the chats we met in the pub. You introduced me to the other week, haven't you, Chidge? Yeah. Um, um, and we beautiful got game. And we've got one, um, which is, and it's non-copyrighted. So it means that we can use or write, you know, up to about 15, 20 seconds of, of, of the podding shed music without having to worry about royalties. So they're just little things that you probably need to just consider. But I mean, I think it's, you know, once you get the, the bit I don't know is how it's all published. I, I, I just basically send it via Dropbox to somebody and then they, they do the rest. But um, uh, yeah, and it's also a timely reminder. I need to get my finger out my ass and actually get an episode together. But um uh, yeah, it's it, it's a good idea. I think the women's game is has got more exposure, and I'm going to use that word in the sense of what it's meant, but it's got more exposure than it's ever had, and it's a really good thing because um, I saw a fantastic documentary last year it was about how popular women's football was, certainly during the war, and 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 all this, and basically it died a death because the FA refused to support it once everything was over, done and dusted. They just went fuck that now, but men's football. That's so I think true. it's really, really, really good to see, and I think it's you know when you when you look at the 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 draw that it's got not only for 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 girls and women but also the draw that the World Cup uh, has and the and the crowds. I mean, didn't they fill Wembley? England, Germany, yeah. I think, you know. 80,000 or something. It, yeah, I mean, it is it is the developing and it is the coming thing, and I think it's a, a, a damn fine thing as well. And we've got a very good women's team, of course. Marco, I mean, I hope that gives you a taster. Um, do keep in touch with me. I'm happy to email you back properly and give you any advice that you, you might like. Uh, always up for more Chelsea podcasts. And as I said, there's a, definitely a gap in the market for the Chelsea women's team. So well done you. Great email, that. Uh, Jonathan. Yes, email Alex. Three. Yes, Alex email Davidson. three. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Three thank yous. Thank you. Four thank yous for the Chelsea special Colin Pates interview. He totally get, gets what it truly meant to be a Chelsea fan during that period of the club's history because he was as much of a fan as we were. He just happened to have the talent to play at the highest level. He revered the kings of the Kings Road era players just like we did. Perhaps even more as he knew as a player just how good they were. Oh, my God. Did he stick with us and represent us honourably through thick and thin? The relegations, the chopping and changing of managers, the club fighting financial insolvency and probably looking on in horror during the Chelsea headhunter hooligan era. Nobody would have blamed him for seeking a saner environment with a club that had a secure foundation. So thanks goes to Collins. Collins, I'm sorry. Thanks goes to Colin and the players like him who put their head down and got on with it for the love of CFC. Now on to a subject brought up on the Monday, November the 25th Chelsea fancast. There was a discussion of all the positions that needed to be strengthened via the transfer market, specifically the need for a striker, a left back and a keeper. I had a visceral negative reaction to these suggestions. We waited years for Chelsea to tap into its own homegrown pipeline. Now that these players are getting meaningful playing time, let them develop, make their mistakes, learn them, learn from them and improve. Besides, let's be real, we're a Costa, Czech, Cole 2.0. So far, I'm loving what I'm seeing this season. I look forward to each Chelsea game with anticipation and a true sense of excitement. Sure, I was disappointed when Chelsea lost to Liverpool and Man City, but they were in both games until the very end. The gulf between Chelsea and those two superpowers 
is not as wide as the experts would have predicted at the start of the season. So please, let the experiment continue. Let's not lose faith in Abraham Mount, Hudson Odoi, James, Tomori et al. A generation of success is on the cusp if we let it happen and get out of its way. Cheers, Alex. Alex Davidson, Boston, Massachusetts, USA. Uh, I don't think we were too hard on saying we were going to buy some players. I think we were very keen on the youth being played, weren't we? We just, I think there were people suggesting a lot of uh, possible purchases on the internet, on Twitter. And I think we were, we were mulling over who could possibly come in. But yeah, I think uh, having, dis having mined this, this brilliant um, scene yes. of players from the youth, we just have to accept, we're not set, we just have to, to ride it. We get in, see any more coming in. I mean, I really would love Matson to get in yeah. because I think he, his speed is phenomenal. And uh, I'm sure they've got, you know, they're, they're not mugs. They really are getting this all lined up in preparation. Yeah. And uh, this all, once again, may be taken completely out of our hands if um, if there's there's no <coughs> rescindment of the... Uh, of the transfer ban, yeah. can, can we can we let players go? Can we can we? Yes. You know, Giroud, yes, we, we can. can we, we sell yeah. players. We can't we sell, sell players. them. We, we, can we can sell, sell them. them. Okay. Right, yeah, right. we can. Uh, uh, and I think that's that's how we were allowed to let Hazard go as well. Um, obviously, because the ban applied um, during the summer. But oh, um, right, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm 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 with you. I, I I think you know. There's still I see an undercurrent on Twitter. Uh, and, and I've seen it in Mixler last couple of weeks as well, people saying, we need this, we need that. And there's part of me thinking, no, no, I, I disagree completely with Dean Mears the other week about getting a, a sort of experienced striker. And I don't want anybody coming in and blocking the path of these players. I'd rather ride it out. They, they, you know, there isn't a player that we've, we've, we've debuted, um, of a better phrase um, or better, uh, better word, this season that hasn't looked at home in the Premiership. That's a massive... That's, that's that's a huge um, doffing of the caps in the academy, um, a huge nod in Frank and Jody's direction uh, on the faith and the trust and what they see. Uh, I would hate to see it finished by uh, a 200 or 250 million pound spend and we end up with another Higuain or some fucker like that. I really don't want it. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with what we're doing. And, and if the experiment... You know, I'd said it before, Frank's got a free pass this season. And surely, you know, from the hierarchy above and maybe even next season, they want to see progress. They must be almost wetting themselves with joy at what they're seeing and the prospects that are coming for this team as it develops. With, with what, two, three years behind City and Liverpool in terms of, of, of time, but we're not two or three years behind in terms of talent and ability and whatever. I, I would really, really, really love us to see. Let's keep this experiment fail, uh, going unless it fails dismally, and I don't think it is. But, I, I, I broadly agree with you both, and that's pretty much what we said last week, but I, I have a caveat on that, and that's, you know, if we're short of anything, it's short of, at the moment, genuinely world-class players. I think Kante certainly, possibly... Jorginho fits that bill. And, and what I would propose is it, you know, the odd tweak... <laughs> here and there because we will need to replace some of our older players and then the choice is what do you do do you go for somebody young I mean like you know uh, Chilwell often talked about and there's a lot of sense in that or yeah. do you go you know do you tweak your side add one or two experienced world-class players to lift the level 
of those who are already there. So I, I, I don't see it necessarily, Tony, as, as blocking the path of talented youngsters. I see it as supplementing and complementing. Yeah, I, and I would make that clear. I'm not against that supplementary or complementary role. What I am against, and I, I always admired Pochettino because he actually said this, he would not buy players that would block the path. Absolutely right. Uh, and you know what? We, we were a disruptor model, Chich, when... when Roman took over, weren't we? We went in, we busted a duopoly between Manchester United and Arsenal. We bought the Enfant Terrible football in Jose Mourinho. It was a disruptor model and it's worked massively successful. And I think this is our new disruptor model. This is us showing the rest of them a clean pair of heels and saying, this is what investment in your academy can do. And I, I admire Solskjaer because he's trying to do the same at United, but with, I think, less talented players. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, well, this is a, a debate that will yes. run and run and run, or if you're Jonathan, it will run and run and run, I suspect. But there you go. Right. You're, 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 you're knocking them out of the park tonight, Chidge. Yeah, you tee them up, I'll <laughs> knock them out of the park, mate. All right, OK, email four, uh, which I have deemed the email of the week. It's from Alex Duff. He says, Chidge, Kid, and whoever else is on the fancaster. That would be the substitute, Alex. That would be Tony. Cheers. He says, I, I hope you're all doing well. I'm great myself. Excellent. However, I would be much better hadn't, uh, had it not been for those damned irons this past weekend. Yes, absolutely right. Nevertheless, I thought I'd write you guys to express the thoughts and opinions of a Canadian Chelsea fan. Before I go any further, perhaps I should talk a little bit about how I became a Chelsea fan. I grew up in St. John's, Newfoundland, which is the island directly across the Atlantic Ocean from the UK, but with much, much worse weather. This is very true. I remember seeing a film called The Shipping Forecast. Really? Yeah. Do you know that with, um, what's his name? Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, and the, yeah, and the weather looks shit. It looked like Ireland, but worse. Anyway, oh, okay. uh, we digress. Being a young Canadian in the early 2000s, I didn't really have much of a chance to follow association football growing up. Unsurprisingly, uh, it was... It was hockey that dominated sports channels throughout my childhood. I never took much to ice hockey as a child, perhaps due to my inability to skate, perhaps due to my mother, who was a textbook uh, a textbook helicopter parent and was afraid I'd get my brains smashed in on the ice. Well, very sensible, I'd say. Nevertheless, I'm glad I never fell into the void of ice hockey as I turned my interest to football instead. To be fair, I was never much of a footballer myself. At a lanky six, inch, uh, six foot four, I was never built in the typical footballer mode. Well, you could have been. I mean, Peter Crouch did all right, didn't he? Uh, yeah, what was that? Yaroslav Yarosic or whatever his name was. And... Uh, uh, Tori Andre Flo wasn't sure. Anyway, I was never built in the typical footballer mode. Despite this, I've not been deterred from following my beloved Blues so closely for the better part of two decades. My first Chelsea memories are of Didier Drogba and his iconic knee-stomach-slide-goal celebrations. As a younger Canadian child, I didn't have the mental capacity to understand the ins and outs of football. However, it doesn't take a genius to understand the passion and ability of someone like Drogba himself. Didier is without a doubt my all-time favourite athlete, and I attribute him as being the main reason as to why I began supporting Chelsea all those years ago. I'm not one to fanboy over celebrities. However, if I were to run into Didier on the streets, I can't promise that I wouldn't burst out into complete hysteria. Yeah, me too, actually, uh, Alex. Anyway, enough about me. I'm sending this letter mostly to discuss the West Ham game and some remedies to the current issues we're facing. First of all, I'd like to discuss my thoughts on our West Ham performance this past weekend. I'm seeing a lot of people who are bashing the entire team for the performance. However, I think the issue lies with one player in particular – Guess who? Olivier Giroud. Well, while Mr. Giroud was on the pitch, he primarily functioned as a third centre-half for West Ham. I love the way you've put that. 
I actually can't recall him doing a single positive thing throughout the entire game. Although I do remember him putting off a ball that was headed straight for Pulisic at the far post. And I remember he blocked a shot from Mason Mount early in the second half. Yes, I remember that. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I think it would be unfair to label Giroud as a bad footballer. I think he's far from that. In fact, I mostly attribute his inabilities in the game versus West Ham due to the sheer lack of game time he's had throughout the season. A common term used in combat sports is the expression of ring rust, which refers to a fighter who has spent too long away from competitive fights and has clearly lost a step. I imagine this might be the case with Olivier Giroud. Having only played in three Chelsea fixtures since August, it should come as a surprise that he's behind the mark by a considerable... Uh, sorry, it shouldn't come as a surprise that he's behind the mark by a considerable margin. This is probably the same reason why somebody like Diego Costa struggled so mightily after having taken a long break in between playing for Chelsea and returning to Atletico Madrid. I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think Frank got it all wrong giving Giroud the start versus West Ham. In fact, if my ring rust hypothesis is correct, Frank almost set Giroud up for failure by giving him the start versus West Ham. I think Mitchie should have started, and I now fear Mitchie, along with Giroud, may force a move out of Stamford Bridge due to the perceived lack of trust Mitchie might feel from Frank and a lack of game time Giroud has been given recently. If we're to have our transfer ban lifted and are therefore permitted to sign players in January, this issue could potentially be solved with a few panic signings at the striker position. However, should our ban be upheld, I do shudder at the thought of having two disgruntled strikers as our coverage for our young and experienced Premier League striker in Tammy Abraham. This leads to my next and final point. If we do make any signings at striker in January or the summer, who would be the best fit? Of course, it's important that we foster the talents of our potential world-beater Tammy Abraham. So as you lot discussed last week, I think an older, experienced striker would be a better fit over a striker who is either in a, in or soon approaching the prime of their career, i.e. Timo Werner. I've also thought about this a lot over the past week, and one player that's come to mind is PSG's Edison Cavani or Skeletor, if you prefer. Cavani, that was my my addition, not Alex's. Cavani, who'll turn 33 in February, seems to be surplus to requirements for a team with ample attacking options, and he's been linked with a move away from the club for a while now. I think Cavani could be purchased for a song relative to other strikers, his level, and he would provide tactical flexibility unlike some of the other options. Contrasting someone like Robert Lewandowski, who would most likely bench Tammy immediately, which is who I was talking about last week, Tony. Cavani has proven to be capable of playing anywhere along the front line, and he would provide a far more direct option on the wing compared to a Christian Pulisic, Willian or Hudson-Odoi. If we were to sign Cavani, it would surely only be for a one- or two-year contract, which would provide the perfect time to help provide positional coverage while we continue to nurture and grow our young, brilliant English attacking starlets. Of course, real-life football is far more complicated than simply picking and choosing whom you desire to sign. But I think if Chelsea could convince somebody like Cavani to sign, it would be a great move for all parties involved. Before I allow this letter to get too long, I would like to send my thanks to Stamford Chidge, Jonathan Kidd and everyone else involved in producing the fan cast for providing such an excellent medium covering everything Chelsea Football Club. Here's to a great 2020 and don't forget to keep the blue flag flying up. The Chelsea blue is the colour. What a cracking email. Um, Yeah, I mean, it it kind of follows up quite nicely from the discussion we were having, Tony, doesn't it? And I mean, it picks up on what I was saying is that Get get somebody who who wants you know he's on for a bit of a payoff last chance to go and play in the Premier League. But the reason I was saying an older, experienced, world class striker is because they could mentor Tammy and they could teach him something. And I thought that would be a useful addition. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, when you put it like that, I I agree. My my worry was more about getting somebody in and then suddenly, as you as 
as the 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 writer says, um, you suddenly find that you're um, benching Tammy because this other player's you know demanding team time, etc. I think we've seen similar before, um, and it, you know I. I just think I'm so excited by what I'm seeing. I don't want to see anybody suddenly thinking, well, crikey, you know, I've I've put everything in. I've done everything right. And yet they still want to go out and spend X million pounds on getting another player in. But Cavani is an interesting choice. It is an interesting choice because I think he's, you know, he is a grizzled old professional, isn't he? And I think he, yeah. would, he would be a, uh, an interesting choice. Like you said, Skeletal, I mean, he scares the shit out of you. Again, he's another one that looks 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 grim, doesn't he? You know what I mean? But yeah, I think that's, that's not a bad shout. You'd have thought that Giroud was uh, in that position. He was a yeah. grizzled old professional. So is yeah. he passing anything on to, uh, to Tammy? He seems to be passing on the uh, make sure you stand still and get in the way of everybody yeah. at the moment. He plays like that again. Now, I would, I would think the opposite. I think I'd, they should get a... Um, a decent uh, Premier League striker um, who is um, 26, 27, who will just be a kind of foil to, to Tammy. So Tammy, we've established Tammy's the, the, the main man, but you've got somebody of great pace and um, uh, who, who can fill in when they're, uh, when they're short. As we, as, like like uh, who? Like well, who? It, it, indeed, I don't know, perhaps go back to their original thing of buying one of the Bournemouth guys or buy... Um, Callum, Callum, Callum Wilson. Yeah, yeah, or somebody that's um, on the fringes of the England squad, who's a decentish player, who's just speedy. Because re- you need for, to play Frank. Harry Swate, Kane. You, you need a. <laughs> yeah. Yes. See if he's interested. Yeah, who's yeah. That, I'm not. I'm that, not sure he's good. He's good enough. Um, who's, the, who's the chap who plays for Wolves? He's an absolute beast of a player. Like a. Uh, God, I want to say. Traore or something like that. He's got blimey. He's wow. a, is it, no, just that. The, Giotto. It, it no, one of them is Jimenez. Absolute Jimenez. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think I, it's a fair point. I, yeah, but I still think there's something in um, in 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 Batshuayi, but I, you, you you need a third anyway. Either one, yeah. you still need yeah. a third. Yeah. But they're cracking email. They've market. They've got their eye on playing in um, in Germany or something. Who's a um, uh, a sort of third striker or something, or somebody who can do the job, somebody who who will just put pressure on, but also then won't it won't be embarrassing if they're picked and um, they don't deliver, because mm-hmm. clearly that he has got a problem with both Bashwai and, and Giroud. It's obvious. Oh yeah, well we think so anyway. All right, look, good email. Uh, next one, uh, Jonathan, with a picture attached. It's from Kunle Anjuran. Hello, Kunle. Hello, Chidge and Jonathan. Chidge, great to meet you in person at the Cock before the Leicester game in August, and there's a picture, which I have to say doesn't make great view listening for the uh, the Chelsea fancast, but no. there's the picture. There's the picture, and Chidge, you are uh, enjoying yourself in a white T-shirt, and I think you're a bit slimmer now, and um, uh, you're laughing at Dan. Uh, is that Dan there on the right? No, it's not Dan. Who is no, it? no, it's like it's like one of those stone cold Steve Austin things, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I, from left to right. Sorry for those of you listening in black and white. Uh, Ken Barkway is there. Martin Wickham. Yeah. Uh, Julie and her sister, lovely Julio and her sister. The Kaiser's there, Tony, isn't he? In the middle. Yeah, he is. He's he's, yeah. he's photobombed you anonymously to yeah. steal all Johnny, the... Yeah, Johnny Dyer. And then you, me, uh, there we go. Yeah, and Dan 
Fantastic. Kunle, lovely to meet you too, mate. I hope you get over again soon, man, because it was great. Sorry, I, mean, I wasn't I just... there. I've let you down yeah. again. Sorry. No, you haven't. You, 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 know, you have other stuff to do on a, on a match day, mate. But uh, I wish these people could be here every week. It would be great fun. Anyway. Uh, thanks for the email Kunle and I hope we get to see you again soon right last email of the week uh, from somebody somebody actually funny enough I did see in the cock uh, it's from Graham Harvey or Blind Lemon Harvey on, on Twitter who is an absolutely lovely bloke hi Chidge uh, Jonathan and selected individual there's a theme here Tony have you noticed this <laughs> uh, I wonder how much editing's gone on here but yes I, lo- I, I know Graham as well he's a very very nice chap He's very nice man. And, and very, prefer, very nice man. I think I prefer selected individual rather than yes. substitute. How about yeah. selected substitute? No, Jay, no. I'm not having it. <laughs> Do you know? You know what? The reason for this, of course, is they were all listing last week, and by that time I hadn't done the schedule, so I didn't know who else was going to be on. You see, so that's why they they're all a bit hedging their bets. So there you go. Anyway, hi, cheers, Jonathan, and selected individual. Just a short two-point email. One. For those going to the Villa game on Wednesday, it's a 7.30 kickoff. It is indeed. Uh, two, thank you, Chidge, for taking the time to go through the Who Knows Wins app on Saturday. I hope to take part next week. Oh, yeah, I hope you do, uh, Graham. It'd be great fun if you do. Uh, keep up the good work. Graham Blind, Lemon, Harvey, supporting the Blues since 1969. There you go. Lovely little email to round off. Uh, right, that's it for all the emails this week. We do love getting them. As you know, uh, we'll always do our best to read them out. So if you want to email us, send it to chelseafancast at gmail.com and do try and get it in by at least Monday morning at the absolute latest. Otherwise, it'll miss the cut. Now, part four, final part. Uh, we're going to have a look ahead to Wednesday night, tomorrow night's home match against another Claret and Blue team, Aston Villa, and also the return of John Terry. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast with me and Tony Glover. Uh, bonsoir, Bill Common, Bienvenue. And all of that. And and all of that. And uh, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Buonasera. Oh, very Marco Warrell. Buonasera, mi amico. There you go. All right, great stuff. I've had a lot of fun tonight. Really enjoyed it tonight, I've got to be honest. But there's still more to come because we've got a big match tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night, in fact. Um, Chelsea versus Aston Villa. I think the first thing, uh, really, uh, Jonathan, is to, to, to you know note that, of course, it will see the return of John Terry, who will be, interestingly, sitting in the uh, opposition dugout uh, as the assistant manager to Dean Smith. That could be interesting, couldn't it, considering Lamps is in the home dugout? Well, he will be fated, Chidge. He will be um, uh, the star attraction. He will have people uh, non-stop calling his name out and chanting it. Um, mm. the, the John Terry song will be sung over and over again because he, he and Lamps are the two great players of the of the past few years and uh, um, he deserves every ounce of adulation that he gets so uh, um, I'm expecting um, a, a huge display of emotion as always um, because of uh, everything he achieved with the club wonderful wonderful player and um, uh, it's interesting to see what um, he's achieving with Villa whether he's helping them from a defensive point of view and whether uh, he'll eventually return to the club as an assistant. I don't quite see where he'd fit in at the moment. So he may have his own uh, his own uh, destiny to, to 
to forge going off to other clubs. But, um, uh, yeah, it, it'll be... Yeah, let's hope that um, his his coaching skills don't extend to giving them a victory like and up the other. So we've got two losses to Claret and Blue teams. We have to win because uh, we've got to dispel this previous experience as a as a blip. We can't be losing two in a row or drawing. Mm, we've right. got to, well, it'll be three. It'll be well, three in a row if we lose this one yeah, in the league, yeah, won't it? Yeah, of course it will. Of course it will. Yeah. Anyway, Tony, what what do you think about JT coming back? Uh, well, it's marvellous, isn't it? I mean, is it his first time back, I think, since he left? Um, in an official uh, in, capacity. In any sort of official capacity? Yeah, I, I, think I, think he's, I think I think he might have popped in for the old <laughs> game now and again, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... He it, has. I've seen him. I've seen him. Yeah. Lynn, yeah. Um, Lynn, Lynn and Ron have said hello to him. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think yeah. I, I think it's, it's fantastic. Okay, of course, you'll get a massive welcome because we, we do tend to have a, a nice way of welcoming ex-players back. Don't we? Um, we do. It, you know, we're not we're not Arsenal. That's no, what I'll say on that Spurs. one. We're yeah. not at all. No, well, I mean, sadly, I, I, don't, I presume you're not going tomorrow, right? Oh, me? I am, yeah. yeah. No, I'm oh, you are going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, Fair play. I'm tomorrow night, yep. Well, yep. you and Jonathan are lucky bastards because I can't go tomorrow because uh, I'm, I work in Southampton until six o'clock on a Wednesday and I can't bunk out of work so uh, I shall be missing it which is a great shame very upset about that uh, but there you go so uh, do give uh, JT a big uh, load of uh, love from from me I'm sure he'll be delighted yeah. to know that he's getting it <laughs> yeah. now um, as I've been as busy as a busy bee today I didn't see Frank's uh, presser so I have no idea on the fitness or otherwise of Tammy Abraham does any, do either of you know if he's likely to make make uh, make the first eleven tomorrow? Uh, Frank was fairly confident in the what I'd seen. He said there's still some pain there and 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 whatever, but they were reasonably confident that he'd be okay. Um, it just depends. I think there was he made, he made mention of the fact that if he if he was uh, in pain or if there was any risk of making it worse, then they probably wouldn't play him. So I would fully expect to see Batshuayi then get in the nod tomorrow night um, I don't think we'll see Mr Giroud in a Chelsea shirt again you really don't no I don't honestly I, I think uh, I think Frank would have seen enough um, of, of that to say you know you we, we'd agreed you're going to go in January and um, yeah you're going I really do yeah I think he'll be as ruthless with uh, Giroud right. not, agree, as, as he was as he was with Louise but not from, not not from a troublemaker in a dressing room I think he'll just say listen you know we, we've got to move on from you and that's that you know yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, yeah. I think well, I don't think we're going to see Giroud again. No. And then oh, wow. Course, then he'll start tomorrow, and then we'll be going. Oh, oops. You know. Well, that's that's the mistake that I made on on Saturday, of course, when I was on Love Sport, and I was adamant that uh, it would be Batshuayi starting. So I do think if Tammy isn't fit, I think I I cannot believe that Frank. Uh, We'll pick Giroud after Saturday, but bloody hell, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, what? I, well, I mean, you know, the rest of the the, the side. I mean, I, I would hope and expect to see, um, you know, Aspie coming back. Certainly, um, I, a William starting, I would presume. Um, so again, the issue really revolves around, you know, does do you start Co- uh, Kovacic, Jorginho, and Kante in midfield? And, that, and then where does that leave Mount? And I think, I mean, I, I think this is an interesting discussion to be had because you know, whilst we all acknowledge that Kante is our is our our only genuinely world class player, um, Mount 
to me, seems fundamental to the way that this side plays because of the energy that he brings, the dynamism he brings, the pressing that he brings. He gets that team going, and, and the work that he does off the ball, I think, is you know, we, you don't see it. And I think this is why a lot of the Muppets on, on Twitter don't get it because, you know, they only see it on TV, so they just see what the director sees. So if you're not on the ball, then you don't exist. But actually, I think Mount is fundamental to the way this side plays, and I think this is creating something of a dilemma. Now, the interesting thing is, Tony, is that earlier on in the season, when uh, Kante was playing before he got injured, Mount was playing further up, quite often in a wide position. And, of course, now you've got the dilemma that... Pulisic is I arguably one of our best players at the yeah. moment, certainly creatively. Yeah. So Frank has got a bit of a conundrum here. I mean, for me, the only thing he can do, you know, basically it, it revolves around who, you know, if you have to play Mount, which I think you probably do, then that means it's, you know, one out of William Pulisic or uh, even hudson Adoy. Yeah, and I agree. I think um, when you, what you said about um, earlier in the season and Mount was playing a bit more of a forward role and we saw that in a bit of a goals return because he was, you know, in positions where he could take take shots and whatever and he's dropped off a little bit from that. But he's a, he's a, a, a fantastic player and I think you're right. I think, to be honest, after Saturday's performance, you know, it's, it, you say it's one of Pulisic, it's going to be so hard to drop in but I would still put hudson Adoy in front of William at the moment. I would. I just, I, 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 I don't know. I just, I just wonder if William is also being shuffled towards maybe not in January, but maybe next. You know, the end of this season, being shuffled towards the uh, the exit. I don't know. Um, I, I'm I'm not convinced actually. I think William is uh, is is top banana for Frank because he's doing so much work coming back into defence. Yeah. Whereas I think Doy actually is the disappointment at the moment. For me. Well, I think you should temper that a bit, JK, because he's coming back from a very nasty injury. Yeah, he's not really had a, a full. Is he? Had, he hasn't had a full ninety minutes. I don't think since he's come back. Is he's had bits and pieces here and there. So I think they. I mean, we, we've we've sat there, JK. We've been on this show together and criticised previous regimes that seem to willingly rush players back and then risk them even more. Um, I think if the attitude has changed in order to bring them back slowly, you know, Loftus Cheek hasn't even got a look in, and yet he's in training and everything like that. Um, rather, no, than... he's, no, he's very injured though, Loftus Cheek. Well, yeah, it's he's, a similar injury he's to what. Really only just coming no, back. I, d- yeah, I don't think it, it is. You know, I, I think I think Ruben's injury was worse than than point I'm saying, the point still stands. If we're not rushing players back, that's a good thing. That's yeah, a good totally thing. agree. And, 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 totally and, agree. Um, you know, it's just a personal opinion. I think maybe William, uh, you know, if, Hudson Adoy. I think it's unfair to get on him and say he's disappointed when he's only had twenty minutes yeah. and whatever. I agree with that. Far, you know. Yeah, I agree with that totally. I, I think you, you need to give him time and ease him back in. He's clearly got talent to burn, but you know you can't expect. He's also a kid. You can't expect him to just come straight back at the level that he that he was beginning to show last season, mm. particularly after an injury like that. I mean, I, I think this is an interesting point, J.K. Actually, when you when you get an injury like that, where basically he did his Achilles, and there was no, you know, it was it was off the ball. There was nobody near him. From what I understand, that injury is a real fucker to get over. Not because it's the actual extent of the injury. It's a psychologically difficult injury to get over because yeah. you don't know how it happened. No. So you're always worried that it might happen again. It's a really kind of, you know, it doesn't really make sense, but that's what people think. Whereas if somebody, you know, tackles you, you know, and snaps your leg, 
you know that it wasn't your fault and that was just an accident and that can happen. And you can find them and you can get retribution. Well, there is that as well. But, you know, when, when it happens and it's off the ball, you're, you, you have that element of doubt in your mind. Yeah. Will it happen again? So it's a very difficult injury to get over psychologically. So we need to be a bit gentle with uh, Hudson. I'm sure he will... He will bounce back. And, I mean, he's so young. He's only, what, 19? I mean, you know, there's plenty of time. All right, talking of bouncing back, I mean, as Jonathan was so rightly saying a minute ago, Chelsea absolutely have to bounce back in this game because, you know, uh, whilst uh, we are all very much of the opinion that what will be will be this season, what will be so far is all rather good because we're still in fourth. Uh, but what happened at the weekend I, I think is a bit worrying because Spurs with Mourinho have now won two games back-to-back and they're now fifth. They're only six points behind us. Uh, Arsenal are seven points behind us uh, and Wolves and Sheffield, you know, you can't write them off too. I think that suddenly <coughs> with with Arsenal and, and, and Spurs ditching their managers, I think there's a we may now have a fight for top four on our hands, whereas a couple of weeks ago it was looking like a shoo-in. I mean, I know it's early days. So we can't really afford to be dropping too many points, JK, can we? No, it, this is... we. Well, if you remember before when we had that run of matches and I said, why can't we win all of them? And everybody slightly poo-pooed it and we proceeded to do so. Yeah. And and uh, I would have included West Ham as being one we should win easily. Yeah, and I agree. tomorrow night is one we should win easily. But I'm having slight doubts. A bit wadded. Well, if we if we let's say we play our best eleven, yes. all right. Yes, I don't. I don't. I mean, look, Villa are fifteenth. No, I mate. agree. They, they, you know, they've won four, drawn three, lost seven. Yeah. I mean, here's an interesting thing. I mean, you'll know this because I put it in the script. I kind of highlighted out of all their Premier League games this season, every time they played a big team away, they've lost. So they lost to Spurs three one. They lost to no. They lost to Arsenal three two. They obviously lost to City three nil. They lost to Wolves, not a big team, but doing very well, 2-1. And they they drew with United, arguably a shit team, but you know what I mean. So, you know, if you're a betting man, Chelsea are probably going to be very much odds-on to win this, I would have thought. Yes, yeah, with our best team, we'll be too strong for them. But once again, we have to score when we're on top, which is more likely to happen with Batshuayi or... Uh, or Tammy, obviously more with Tammy if he's not injured. But um, uh, clearly, if you have Giroud up there, we're not going to do it. So uh, unless we're very fortunate. But yeah, we, we with the with the best team, we'll. I don't think Mount's going to get in. I think he'll play the three of them: Kante, uh, Jorginho, and uh, and Kovacic, and he'll and Pulisic, and he'll bring Mount on in the second half. That's my so view. start with William, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think William gets replaced because he's uh, he's too dangerous. Even playing, you know, coming on a sub and playing half cock, he was still so superior to Pedro and got so many good crosses on that we were we were just inept at, at dealing with. We just didn't put them in the net. We should have uh, we, we should have um, scored one of those at least towards the end of the game because we were so in, in command. We were so on top. Yeah, I mean, I think Villa, are, 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 you know, I mean the the. the you know their record this season doesn't back it up in a sense because they are, you know, they are where they are on the table for a reason. You know they're fifteenth; they're only three points off the relegation zone, but they've got the makings of a of a half decent team. I mean, Grealish, I think, is a superb player. Tony McGinn got a real knack of scoring goals from midfield. I think Tyrone Mings is a half decent centre back who will get better if J J T's teaching him a thing or two. And Heaton's a decent goalkeeper, so it won't be a pushover, mate. 
Uh, no, Let's, after West Ham, I'd like to think that Frank and the team would be thinking exactly what you just said. Um, Grealish, I think, is a fantastic player. He's been overlooked for England. I honestly, he's beyond me. Um, you know, he's shown real character as well to come through some of the stuff that's happened. Yeah, and, totally right. Um, and Mings, do you know what? I think he is potentially uh, a, a real future prospect. I, I, I like everything I've seen about him. He, he's commanding, um, very, very good. I mean, I, I would have him in Chelsea's team if it wasn't for the fact that we were already with Rudiger and, and Zuma, who's been, you know, pretty good for the last, uh, you know, ever since the Boo Boys. Uh, he's shut them up as well to some degree, isn't he? He's not really put a foot wrong. So I think, but I, I look at Villa and I think he's, um, Dean Smith's done a, a fantastic job. I think he's really tapped into JT's um, kind of experience of having won everything. Um, I think they'll be safe, but I think like any team that comes up from from the Championship, the first season is just about staying in the Premiership. Sheffield United are, are, are a good run of form, but you, you have a feeling that at any point, the reality will catch up with them. Um, and, and Norwich are already, I think, aren't they? They're, they're, they're kind of already in the bottom three, I think. Um, yeah, second from bottom. So I think, you know, from, from Aston Villa's perspective... Um, and I think JT will know this more than anybody else. It's about picking your battles. And maybe Chelsea at Stamford Bridge is not one where you want to be thinking we can win this, but maybe one you can get a draw from at best. Or maybe it might liberate them. They've got nothing to lose, well, which is also that, a worry. There's a little bit of that as well. I mean, you know, this is, this is where I'd worry slightly about the naivety within our team. But we would have picked up a big lesson from, yeah. from certainly from Saturday of saying, well, OK, we can't expect to roll over these teams. You know, they, they, they will want to come get... JT will be firing them up. Of course he will, you know. But, I, you know, I just think Frank will have the edge on this one. And, um, I, you know, I would, I would take a scrappy 1-0 tomorrow. Um, uh, you know, to us, obviously, <laughs> you know, um, do the business. Let's hope the claret and blue jinx fucks off. <laughs> well, indeed. I mean, our record against Villa's brilliant. I mean, the, we. I mean, the interesting thing is because we haven't played them since 2015. No. Because uh, they've been they've been out wasn't of the division. It, wasn't their ground a bit of a Mourinho hoodoo though? Because he does he didn't he? It took him years to win there, didn't it? I think. At, yeah, at yeah, I can't I can't remember, mate. Yeah, I, I've I think, only got you know, yeah. I think yeah, I've I've got the home fixtures yeah, in there. Yeah. I mean, I'm just look looking down that list. There's been, been some real corkers, haven't there? The three three, the four four, oh, seven one, oh. and the eight nil. Bloody so hell, mate! Four four. That was a Boxing Day game, and that was one. It was. By, it was. Oh, Frank Lampard went off after about twelve or thirteen minutes, I think, and they bought Balak on, and people were booing in. I was like, fuck, really? the German that was probably, captain. Probably, probably Darren Mantle. He mate. was absolutely magnificent. And I think that all the people were booing about 20 minutes later sitting there thinking, okay, now this is what you get when you get a German captain on your team. He was, mm. you know, it was a bit of a revelation. Fantastic. I think we were 4-3 up, uh, you know, and, and, and we just lost it in the last couple of minutes or whatever. But it was a thrilling, I mean, it was one of them Boxing Day games where I came home and thought, Christ, why am I wasn't going to have a drink, but I am now. <laughs> well, talking of Boxing Day, I mean, the other interesting thing about uh, tomorrow night, if you're in the UK, like me, you're not able to go, is that this is the first uh, matches that are going to be screened on Amazon Prime, uh, right. as opposed to BT Sport or Sky, which is interesting. So all, all 10 Premier League matches in the midweek are going to be streamed live through Amazon Prime video service. This is the first time, as I said. Uh, I've checked it out. I know it works, so I shall be able to watch it on the old box. And they're also, the reason I mentioned the Boxing Day link is that they're going to be broadcasting the full round of Boxing Day fixtures on the 26th yeah. and the 27th. 
So, you know, that's an interesting change, isn't it? It threatens the hegemony of Sky and BT. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. The other interesting thing about tomorrow night uh, is that uh, Chelsea will be supporting Stonewall's Rainbow Laces campaign, uh, which basically means that uh, they're showing support for the LGB and T uh, community and their families, uh, which is always a good thing. So that what, I'm just kind of running down what they're... They're going to have all sorts of things going on. I think they're going to have banners and stuff. What does it say down here? Blah, 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 blah. There you go. Uh, basically, the captains of both the men's and the women's teams are going to be wearing special rainbow-themed armbands to show their backing for the campaign, and players at all levels are being invited to wear rainbow-coloured laces in their boots. In addition, Stamford Bridge on Wednesday will be showing our support with a rainbow-themed centre circle banner prior to kick-off, a rainbow-branded ball plinth, a pitch flag, handshake board, and substitution boards, and our LED... Perimeter boards will display information about the campaign. So well done, Chelsea, for supporting that. I agree. Before you go, JT, uh, JK, JT, JK, what's your prediction? Tomorrow night, uh, yeah. uh, 2-1 will win. 2-1. What are you saying, Tony? 1-0. 1-0. I think I'm, I'm kind of with JK, 2-1. We, we, we always concede a goal, so I think yeah. it'll be 2-1. All right. Um, brilliant. Well, look, everybody who's going tomorrow night, enjoy it. Um, I sadly will have to watch it on Amazon Prime. But I'm primed and ready. Right, as uh, Jonathan quickly said, uh, it, that is all we've got time for this week. We'll be back at the usual time next mon- next Monday, people, when I will be joined by Jonathan, of course, and a mystery guest, because I can't remember who's in the schedule. But there you go. Will and be, we'll be looking be, back... The substitute. It'll be the individual substitute again. It, it'll be the selected individual substitute. Yeah, That's right. So there you go. But we'll be looking back at Chelsea's matches against Everton and Villa and looking forward to the last Champions League group match against Lille on the Tuesday. In the meantime, don't forget to tune in to Chelsea <coughs> Fancast on Love Sport Radio between 7 and 8 this Friday. Jonathan Clayton Beerman and me will be joining Matt Beadle to discuss all things Chelsea. Phone in, join in the show, debate with us live. The number to call is 0208 70 20 558. And Love Sport is, of course, a national radio station now. Uh, and so you can find it on the digital channels and through Radio Player. Tune in and lovesportradio.com if you're not in the UK. Uh, we always put it up as a podcast anyway afterwards on uh, ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify and other podcast distributors. Don't forget uh, to follow us on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast and me at Stanford Chidge, uh, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Tony at Grocer Jack UK, uh, and of course do check out the ChelseaFanCast.com website. Loads of great stuff on there. We've got loads of writers: Nick Stroudley at Clitheroe Blue, at Dean Mears at CFCGWLB, and of course the other Fancast regulars uh, or the uh, occasionally selected individual substitutes. Tony are often uh, at Joe Tweedy, at Goalie59, at DanSell73, at Gate17Marco, at Liam underscore Toomey, and at CFCGWLB. Uh, finally, a big thank you to Dane Whittle, who, of course, uh, runs our Instagram account, puts up loads of content on there, at Chelsea Fancast on Instagram. So do make sure you check that out. Right, that's it. I've already said cheerio to Jonathan, who had to go to Tesco's. Why, I don't know, but he has. Uh, so there we go. Tony, it's just you and me left, mate. Absolute, Last man standing. Uh, so that's JK all over rock and roll, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is. He's, he's rock and roll. He's, he's right on the to- edge, isn't he? Yeah, he's probably gone to get a, a fruit juice or something. <laughs> yes, indeed, yeah. yes, yes. Indeed, yes. Tony, it's, uh, as always, an absolute delight having you on the show. I, 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 it's a shame we didn't really get much much chance to talk on Saturday. Yeah, it was so it's mad, the same up, because there, there's, there has to be a Winchester, Allsford, Alton-based drinking session, you know, in the offing somewhere during the dark nights or whatever. We, we, we must find some time. 
Well, we must. And I, I'm thinking, actually, I might pop over kind of Hambledon way on a Thursday or a Friday yes. if I'm around. Uh, if I'm, you're up I for that. I can do that. I can do either. Uh, and we can have a, 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 a nice old drink. Yes, it'd be lovely. A bit, lovely of, lun- a bit of lunch and a little... Well, not, yes. I can't have much of a drink, so I'm going to have to bloody yeah, drive yeah, there. But, but we could have a bit lunch, of... I can, I can, Bit of lunch in the bat and ball, maybe. Absolutely, would be fantastic. Would be well, let's see if we yes. let's see if we can do that. Yeah. It'd be very, very nice to do that. Um, but otherwise, I'll see you uh, at the next home game, Indeed, no mate. doubt. But you're going to be at Bournemouth. Uh, I am. I'm. I'm at, I think I'm planning to be at all home games from now through to the end of the season. I think. Well, lovely stuff. Great stuff. Well, I will see you there then, no doubt. Great. Now, you lot out there in Mixler, as always, you are brilliant. Thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, people who are listening to the podcast version. We love you just as much, uh, and that's it. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Up, Up the chills! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.